All right. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are. Uh, welcome to our 12th iteration of uh, this podcast, or should I say episode 12. Um, wow, these things just go one after the other. It's crazy. We are today in a beautiful plane. I'm going to say like every time, every time I say this beautiful plane, beautiful place, but it's kind of true. And uh, well, we are in Washington state. I'll show you the VFR map. We got quite the plan this time. Um, and uh, well, you can see we're pretty much going to go through a lot of mountains and uh, we're going to pass uh, right by uh, Seattle. Then uh, we're going to go pretty much see every freaking mount that is available in the area. Um, we are going through uh, the big ones. For those who are familiar with the area, uh, Mount Baker, Mount Rainier, Mount Adams, uh, Mount St. Helen, uh, Mount Hood. These are probably ones you recognize if you live on the West Coast. Um, and uh, we're going to go through those. We're going to go bush flying around there. And if we find a place to land, that would be a cool challenge, right? So that would be a cool thing to do. We're going to go. Uh, it's... It's an hour and 45 minutes uh, with um, with our plane, which is a Cessna Caravan 208 here. And, uh, well, it's it's not too bad. If we're going to do this as a Nikon or an X-Cub, though, that would have been much, much worse. So, luckily, we're not at that level because <laughs> that would probably take yeah. us about two and a half hours. A little yeah. long for a podcast, I think. Yeah. So, yes. Um, there's just one little note. The VFR map is not showing a leg of the flight plan, but technically we're supposed to go from Mount Rainier to Mount Adams to Mount St. Helen before going to Mount Hood. Uh, kind of like a, a Z, but like, yeah, just a, like a, a, a rotated Z, we could call it. Uh, so we'll, we'll probably figure out if we go to one, the other, fly in the middle or, or whatever. So... Once we get to that area, just uh, just keep an eye out. That's what I'm going to say. Yes. We might uh, take a little deviation. Okay. A nice scenic route. Yeah. I mean, it's not too bad. Pushback guy pushed me a little bit far, but that's okay. Well, actually, you're the one who chose this uh, this area, <laughs> right? I did. I did because it's uh, an area that I've been... Uh, very close to. I've at least flown in the area <clears throat> a few times, and it is very scenic. And I thought, wouldn't it be great to be able to uh, take a flight in the new simulator and just see what this looks like compared to what I remember when I was flying? So I'm looking forward to it. Can't wait. It's going to be exciting. Let's see if we can get the plane to cooperate. A little bit of an issue. Yeah, it seems that the the even for me the the pushback guy is um is trying to push my plane perpendicular to how it's supposed to do it, kind of like wow. the upper bar of a T. Perpendicular in front of me, like um you should be pushing me like ninety degrees to your right, buddy, not the <laughs> not like this. Well, mine is there's, unique. There's it doesn't want to move. I'll, there's sometimes I'll activate the pushback guy, and it'll take him like a good two minutes to even line up to push me back. Okay, I'm gonna yeah, have to it's weird. come back in. So give me one second. <clears throat> if not, I'll just um, ask him to push back and yeah. uh, like tuggle, tuggle kind of thing. And it seems to be working this time. Gonna... 
or at least he's in the right position compared to last time. Yeah. Mm. They probably mm, don't get paid enough. Here, but, uh, nah, probably not. <laughs> Can't be bothered. You, you never know. Be happy with, be happy with where hey. I put you. Oh man, that's exactly it. Yeah. <laughs> it's like complaining. Yeah. You're about to push me back left. You just be happy I pushed you back at all, right? Yeah. And I mean, I'm on a. Um, I live next to an international airport, so I don't really have the, the sight of a little GA airport or, or small, airport. So I'm not used to seeing those kind of pushbacks. I'm usually with the big tug, uh, which can, pull anything, honestly. Oh, okay. Like an A380, 747, 777s, A330s wow. and 40s, like. Yeah, so I'm not used to seeing that little thing, which is honestly very cute. When I, once I uh, I found out about this the first time, um, with the first few screenshots, I think there were some that showed this. We're like, oh, that's kind of cute. Uh, <laughs> I know some people had this conversation where they were asking, you know, is this thing drivable? <laughs> like, could I have <laughs> acting as a plane kind of thing where I am the one who can drive this thing and push other people's planes? That was a uh, ground pilot. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if somebody eventually somehow makes it a oh, possibility because they awesome. mod everything, you know? Well, it's it's a little bit of a multiplayer thing. It would yeah. be a little difficult to handle, I'd say, because it is it is quite difficult from like a technical standpoint because you're two multiplayers and technically <clears throat> When you're in multiplayer, when you get close to each other, uh, you kind of ghost out, right? You become yeah. transparent and then eventually right. invisible when you get close to each other. So I don't think contact between people in multiplayer is really possible from what we currently have. Mm, well, yeah, and, and you know, we wanted to get up to to par on the um, the fly the flying and all of that. So I'm like, that stuff can come later. Somebody can mod that in. <laughs> Okay, mod that in later. Uh, yeah, I'm back. You're... So let's see. Yeah, do your pushback because we're gonna start moving. It's just a matter yeah. of time. Trying we're, to get the plane to move. We kind of see you down there. Yeah, so it doesn't want to you... move. So let me just uh, give you that opportunity. Just make it move on my own. Oh yeah, there we go. I wouldn't. I wasn't moving a minute ago, so that was an issue. Might be a little bit on the out of whack here, but I'll I'll be lined up in a second. Just yeah, had a problem with the uh, yeah plane didn't want to move there. I got systems weren't moving me, so I'm like, okay, let's see here. Let all those competent pilots uh, catch up to me here. I don't have to be the first, the, the one to take off first for sure. <laughs> yeah, I just happen to be closest to the end because you know the challenge of the uh, the inputs on my yoke are a little bit rough at the moment so i'll just position myself out here get myself to the middle so abbots first that's what it is abbots for it is uh quite a <clears throat> it kind of looks like it's in the middle of of nowhere but at the same time it doesn't it's kind of right, like a not, mix yeah it's not too far of where it's it should and where it shouldn't yeah and then you see the mountain is in the background it's quite nice actually for what it is beautiful as always. <laughs> well, we try to this pick. Point, yeah. Could, uh, I, I guess yeah. This is pretty much part of it now. If you if you go and and watch the Twitch or if you listen, you know that we're always gonna.
be very positive on that aspect because it is one of the things they managed to do really well. Yep. So, wow, like there's to show a it lot off of if we name can. tags down there. There sure are. I'm like, oof. Dang. <laughs> I'm a bit surprised myself. <clears throat> Another group flight, I think, too. Ah. Cool. Lo and behold, we've all picked the same spot. How odd is that? Ah, I mean, it is quite a place to visit, right? Because oh, yes. Yeah. We're, we're pretty close to Vancouver. Vancouver would be uh, down there, I think, on this side. It would be northwest so of To here. our right. And uh, so Vancouver, probably like somewhere around here. And then right in front of us, we're looking at Bellingham down there. And then if we go further down, where most of these name tags might be, uh, we'd be looking at Seattle and so on. So, well, it's quite further down. So, yeah, it's a bit of a ways. Yeah. But it's, a, it's fully understandable why, why uh, anybody would want to fly in this area because it's absolutely stunning. And it's going to be interesting to see just what it looks like in this simulator because it didn't even look, it looked pretty good in uh, FSX, believe it or not. For, you know, surprising. For what it was. Yeah, yeah. it was. Okay. Very nice. Uh, group flight seems to be ready. So, uh, okay. clear for takeoff, boys. Let's go. We go over here. Let's see. I'm going to pass you right. Yep, and I'm not me, so I'm not going to go right in front of you. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Even though I do see we have an extra 300 taking off as nice. well. Nice. Those are really nice planes for everybody. Oh, it's, I, we know Ingo. Oh, yeah. Hello. He's the, hello, the acrobat. <laughs> stream, someone stream. Here we go. Yes. So here we are. Wow. Here we are. Off we go. And as usual, gears up. But uh, this plane yeah. cannot put its gears up really. Yep. The same way as other planes do. You just and I have the opposite problem. I forget. Yeah. <laughs> to remove those gears. Okay, let's yeah, actually fine. grab a bit of altitude. I do like this yeah. this scenery at low level. It still looks really nice with the fields. Yep. I'm like, wow. I still am surprised when I look at it, and my brain just keeps trying to find the repetitive nature of the textures. Like the old days, it just won't let it go. Oh. Like, I know I'm going fi to find the, the quilting or the, yeah. you know, that repeated pattern that you suddenly can see. Like, oh, mm -hmm. okay. The default patterns. Yeah, and it's just my brain still sort of tries to does it to mm -hmm. does it to do it at first. And well, I mean, um, look at it in front of you, like those fields with their different colors. Yeah. And like the geometry of it is pretty darn good. Not like the Amazing. the model geometry, but they're you know you, you neatly see that those are different fields. They get their corners. Yep. They have their little roads. So yeah. The placement of the trees and. The uniqueness of the buildings it's not like it's some kind of copy paste like i said like you'd look off in the distance and you'd start to see oh well, there's that farm again there's that farmhouse again oh look it's the barn or whatever and you your brain would begin to see that and then it was like wow it's breaking the immersion and this just no matter what you just don't have any of that repetitive even the colorations as you go to different parts of the world you can clearly tell that you're somewhere else. You're not just 
yeah. copying and pasting your way. We're going to take a small left to go to Mount Baker, which you can kind of already see. Uh, for me, it's kind of hidden by clouds, but I think that's Mount Baker down there. Yes. <clears throat> Honestly, Seeing that's a few the clouds thing myself. about the scenery, right? It's all flat and farmlands, and then suddenly mountains. Yeah. It's like out Abruptly. of the blue. Boom. Yeah. And it just goes And the perspective, the perspective is so well done that it's it's quite convincing that um, the way the horizon and and I've said it a couple of times and it's just no matter how many times I fly it always catches my attention how well that's done. See you know, how many clouds we got. I put I put mine. Uh, I had few clouds, but I've got let's say a few more clouds at the moment, which is not unusual for this area, you know. Especially for those areas. I mean, as soon yeah. as you get mountains, you get clouds usually. So yeah, it's very green surprised. here, so can't complain. Can't be green without rain, right? Oh, man. <laughs> exactly. Um, but, I mean, this time we shouldn't have thunder, at least, if there's clouds. No, I have, you know, I've noticed that that's kind of lessened for me. I don't exactly know why, so I'm glad. So I did get that that thunder bug a little bit, but I haven't, I've flown a few test flights for the podcast lately and uh, I haven't run into those. So pretty good. Oh, I do see Mount Baker. Yep. Seems to be that big, uh, well, the only big mountain you can see compared to the rest, the one that sticks out the most. Yep. And uh, that's actually going to be interesting of a flight because um, I just got that one cloud is obscuring my view. <laughs> you know, we might actually, you know, we we're talking last podcast about the clouds and how some of them might or might not be visualized exactly the same, but are supposed to be in the same spot. Might be the case again. Okay. Yeah, I wonder, right? I mean, now now that we've talked about it for <clears throat> for once, you know, I'm I'm thinking now every time I see clouds and we're in a multiplayer and I can talk with someone else to to kind of compare between those different sets yeah. of clouds. Which is not I've easy. got uh Mine is almost a scattered cloud effect, but not quite not quite that coverage. The part I love is that if you're stationary or if you're obviously flying very slow and you see a you know a cloud bank in the distance, I love the way that it it just morphs and it changes and it either dissipates or it increases and that's the part that's really, really exciting because you never quite know what it's gonna become. Granted, if you haven't set it if especially if you're using live weather, you know. Because then you have no idea what it's gonna what yeah. it's gonna turn into. I'm going into a cloud here, so I'm gonna get a bit of turbulence. Even though honestly with you, um it is quite random sometimes with live weather. I don't fully trust it yet. I could call it maybe a bit ah you know, it's it's that thing where you're used to it not working that you're you're not really trusting it yet. Right. Uh, yeah, even though I'm it may same. be fixed. So sometimes I do turn on live weather and I'm wondering is it or is it not actually working and when I get a nice sky empty of clouds I'm wondering is it on or on or, or, or not right and yeah me too sadly I do catch myself yeah you know you, you wonder and there's nothing to actually tell you if if yes or no it's it's really on and if it's transmitting data so really the only way for me to know if I'm on a live weather 
setting is I have this add-on, and I talked about it last week as well, called Unreal Weather, and that has a section in the weather uh, menu in-game where you can see where it gets the latest METAR from, and it shows it to you. So there I know I have the latest METAR, and I have a button, so I can also reset it on my own. Nice. And those things, yes, I can totally verify. Like, it tells me. So maybe in the live thing, tell you, you know, latest data received at this time, like computer time, and then it would tell yeah. you right away. Yeah, I've been tempted by those a little bit. I mean, I've been looking at the products and things like that and um, wondering, because, you know, to be honest, in the past, I did a lot of the community-based little add-ons, little freeware planes and stuff like that, but I never really got deeply into the um, the payware community, just a couple that I can remember. It's hard to remember, actually. So I don't think I've, I've never done a weather add-on. And really? you know what? To be honest, the weather is so – even the presets that we have are so nice that I'm going to confess I haven't really tinkered with the weather on my own yet. Matter of fact, I was looking in the badges when I checked out my logbook or whatever, and I was like, I wonder how many training – uh sessions i did in that uh, 152 trainer and i did four uh unfortunately i guess i made a mistake or something weird and it didn't give me the fourth one but when i looked just i think just below that it said something like um using the showcase the camera to like look at something for more than three seconds and and another one was on the weather that i changed the weather during a flight by you know creating my own basically and i hadn't done that yet i don't know why there's a few things i just haven't done because you know there's always you know real world time constraints but at the same at the same time it's man there's a lot i don't yeah, want to cut it's, you it's, but yeah i gotta come I wanna, back <laughs> i want to pay like i want people to pay attention to that mountain right there oh, i can't Dang. see it yet i'm trying to get there i can't i can't quite uh yeah i slowed down I a bit so we could uh be a little more together but uh yeah, yeah i have I a to climb because i have a lot of cloud but like this um, mountain and i think we need to remember that the seattle area is probably one of the most detailed areas if yeah i can tell the difference if you if this farmland that we're flying over and this scenery to me it, it looks a level sharper than anywhere else i've flown i haven't flown much in this area and i just was gonna say that a few minutes ago when i looked i did a top-down look and i'm like wow, those shadows are really sharp, and the farms that I'm flying over are extra, extra clear, so well, I guess we're in Well, it's also because it was the demo area, right? Exactly. It was the one yep. area where we had to, to test the simulator a year ago. Well, we personally didn't, but right. uh, a lot of the, the tech tubers and uh, people from aviation and uh, flight simming channels, uh, some got invited in Seattle last year to go kind of see the first demo and a presentation there was interviews people yeah could get hands-on experiences so all this stuff was was last year and they used the seattle area as a as a pretty much a big demo uh so i would yeah. expect and they told us there was a lot of level of detail so well if you can go up to the max yeah you I can think see was it 50 even though don't quote me on this i'd have to review my i notes think it's that. 20 level, 20 of, level detail, of details 20 i'd have to review that but uh, yeah, or definitely 19, you can maybe get it. Uh, it's 19 or 20. It was around. It's numbers, way up I think. 
Yeah. Or if it's 19s from 0 to 19, like the good old. Yeah. Because you do have different level of detail. Yeah, I mean, play with those. Yeah, and this is, yeah, I can clearly see a difference. So I've been, I was flying today in another area um, researching a route, and um, just the trees and everything here are just, they're just way sharp. They're way more detailed. So uh, it's great. I'm all for it. This is a beautiful area to fly in, so the highest fidelity that you can get, I'm all for it. Yeah. But look at it. Now you can see clearly why we chose this. This area. The flying is just unbelievable. Well, Man. you know, I'm still a little nervous because I did fly in the Alps before. And the Alps can be narrow. In certain areas, you can yes. pretty much have a mountain right side, left side, and <laughs> something oh, comes I up have in a... front of you and you have to climb. And, yeah. well, can you trust a plane to climb so many right. feet per minute? After a while, you know you can't. And, uh, well, it becomes very risky. Yeah. And, well, here, we're right into that kind of scenario. It's, it's a little more open, yeah. I have to say. Yeah. But as we get through more mountains, I could probably feel that happening at some point. I'm, re I'm researching a route for us to, to go that uh, is in Pakistan, and it is exactly like that. The mountains are extremely higher in the Himalayas, and they are so close. I, in some places, I don't think that the that two planes could, like two caravans could fly too far apart side by side that they would risk coming really, some of the bends, there's like hairpin turns and the mountains are too high to fly over. Yeah. Unless you get a start right away, I think the airport might be at nine or 10,000 elevation to begin with, but unless you really get up there that, um, wow, for, finally I'm seeing a little bit of scenery loading. I don't see it very often, but I've never been to this area. Yeah, so I'm same. seeing a little bit of the mountain come in, but it's like, this is mostly me. part of the download. Yeah. For the, and actually, yeah, right now I'm seeing the sim is getting some uh, some download time. So. I'd like to have a little less cloud, so I'm gonna. Oh, you know what? You know, we're not Silly gonna me. go to the <laughs> top, top, top of Mount no. Baker here. We're not gonna no. reach all the way up. We'll have more <laughs> opportunities for that just later, but um, it would be uh, quite adventurous to start with that. Do you have to say, though, I am really close to the ground. I mean, like, fairly close. I'm not dangerously close. But even with that and the snow, it still looks really good from this point of view. Yes, it does. I'm looking out my... Uh... Yeah, it's amazing. It's like I flew directly over this mountain, and I'm looking at it, remembering that flight, and I'm like, wow, this looks... It's... looks pretty Put it incredible. this way... Yeah, it's way better than I'm remembering all the flights I took in this area, which I think it's Baker Lake, which I believe might be off to our right here, our left. I mean, there's a Baker. route that I take. I have to investigate a little bit. It was uh, Shannon and Baker. I just have to see. I may be coming at it from a different angle, mm -hmm. but there was a route that I took that took me up to Hope, British Columbia, and then back in a big loop past concrete and and all around mount baker and even in like i said in fsx it looked good how funny that now if we went we would be like well you know good is now suddenly relative yeah. when you think about it but um yeah that is the lake i'm talking about one i think is baker and one is shannon one is ross yeah, I, I recognize the shape of it. Yeah, I usually am coming from 
a different angle. I'm usually approaching from the south to the north, and right now we are now bending towards the south. So usually in FSX, I'm coming up this water, this lake in front of us, and then catching the next lake and hooking over uh, off to the east and slightly north. So it's really cool to see. I, I haven't, I haven't been here to see what this looks like in comparison. So yeah, I got I'm a big stupid a smile on my face. <laughs> yeah, let me slow down. Yeah, it's like this big dumb grin on my face. Well, there could be good memories. It is, yeah, and I'm surprised at the way it looks. And oh, wow. Well, glad nobody's here to see. I'll let yeah. you just smile to your heart's content. Meanwhile, I'll yeah. be talking about the updates, which will probably make you smile even more because okay. usually updates can be, you know, okay, well, same as every week. Uh, but for once, this is a good news. Um, and I'll go straight into that. It's because we have more SDK updates. And I know this might not sound very exciting, especially for a lot of you who are just like, okay, well, it's SDK. I don't have anything to do with SDK. It's good that they're working on it, but like it's not impacting me. Um, they are really working on it, and it's making a lot more sense now. Um, and we're seeing it almost every week, honestly. No, most of that stuff is, is finally on track, uh, and it's it's a pretty big focus for them. What I like to see is their visual effects system. We have talked about it quite a couple of times before, how they're using their effects system. Uh, they're revamping it from version one to version two, whatever they, they, they really meant by that. Um, but what's interesting is now they've gone node-based, which means it's a pretty powerful tool. Uh, and they will make it available broadly, as they say right here, after the internal testing. So on. You can go check that uh, yourself if you want on the on the update twenty uh, second of October. What's I, what I love about that is because it's node based, it's essentially a system where you can connect different. Um, well, okay, it's it's a node. So a node is like a parameter or an equation or a feature, a function, and you can then you can then connect those together through links, and then you can create links and therefore uh, chains of different nodes and those can do very specific things as you want or broad uh, diverse effects and because this is a simulator you have a lot more options this is 3d environments and because it's effects you know you can do all your all your trails you can do all your clouds you can do all your uh, sparks uh, flame smoke yeah. so this is going to be very interesting because they are actually putting the effort of making this kind of system. So for me, it means it's it's something that they really want to put forward and, and they're really working on. Yeah. Um, and of course, they, always working on, on improving the other tools. What were you right, they say? seem to be very, they seem to be very aware. It's almost like, well, they're telling the truth when they say they're flight simulator fans yeah. or at least in the beginning, there were pre-existing flight simulator fans because they seem to mention things sometimes very early, like the the you know the lack of the of the wake of the water when you land in a, a in a watercraft, and it's it's like they're fans. It's like they want to see it as well, and that's of course a good sign sure because you know the yeah the contrails and they, they mentioned in that Q and A we've said it a few times that. They had already begun to work on 
a second version of the effects system even before a few days prior to the release of the sim they were discussing oh yeah we already have we already have a a version 2.0 that we're uh we're looking to um implement and they mentioned things like contrails and some of these other effects and it's like you could see the reaction it's it's like they're fans of it they want it too so some of the things that we're thinking oh it doesn't have this or i'd really love to see that it's like they kind of know in a way your your gets that smile on his face like i know exactly what you're talking about because i want to see it too and that's very promising when you have people that are not just businessmen but they're actually fans uh he mentioned something about helicopters in a little clip that I heard, and he literally said, well, you know, when we do get around to doing helicopters, this means that some of us are going to have to go out <laughs> and learn how to fly helicopters. And I was like, wow, they're oh, just... Oh, someone they're, knows. Yeah, yeah they're really... has got an opportunity to learn to fly. Exactly. I have an excuse. And but it's sponsored you can tell. by Microsoft. Cause and like, they're... They, they're yep. getting their licenses to, to yep. work, literally. That's one of the rare occasions when that can happen. Oh, lucky them. Yeah, yeah right? <laughs> Wouldn't you kind of envy them? Of course. Yeah. I don't begrudge you, them, but I envy them, yeah. I, I tried a, a helicopter flight simulator at uh, Orlando's 2019 Flight Sim Expo. And uh, it's quite special. It's very different. Um, it was also hydraulics-based. So you were on a little platform, and it would rotate you. Uh, and go up oh. and down a bit, which is very, very cool uh, if you go yeah. on those things. And because it was a helicopter based, you had your throttle the ways helicopters are uh, on the side, which is like a stick that you pull up or down on a rotation axis. And it's it's, it's really cool. It's it's amazing. Once you get on those things, really, it's you're really immersed into it. And that was with FSX still, or yeah, I think it was with FSX. Could be explained, but or P3D, I, I don't remember exactly. But there, of course, the, the graphics were lacking. It wasn't necessarily that extraordinary, like screen-wise. But you did get the feel of it when you were flying because of the hardware, the hydraulics, and and just everything together. Like It, it was a really nice combination. And I think that with this simulator, you could really reach something. Honestly, like those graphics, oh, yeah. those clouds, and the way they've handled their physics, they could probably apply it in a way that makes it very realistic. So I would go full forwards if I had funds to for, for these guys. I would unlock it right now and these guys, you know, oh, get yeah. them started on the helicopter straight away. Yeah, there's some people that are desperately waiting, but they said they want to do it right and with everything that they've intended and all the time constraints and the weirdness of twenty twenty um, I still think, as well as they've said today in the updates, that there's every intention of continuing to, you know, give us the updates that we need. It's demonstrating their commitment to the product and um, that uh, abandonment fear that uh, some people have after the way the other sim went that uh, it still lingers. So I just think they're really trying to ensure that they uh, they keep us... well. You know, you know, realizing that they're not they're not running anywhere. They haven't taken the money and ran. That's what I shared with you a while yeah. back. I think it was yesterday or no, two days ago. Uh, you know, we we started getting some news from from different sources. Seems to come back from La Tribune, which is a French journal. <clears throat> um, and there's a bit of everything 
uh, also from AV Sim and Mad Infinite. It's like these different areas. I'm not sure which one was the first source, and I didn't have enough time to research that exactly, but what came out of those articles was that, well, of course, Asobo is not going to be just developing for the simulator. It's eventually going to move on and go forward. And what came out of this was, first, it's confirmed, Asobo is at least supporting uh, the new Microsoft Flight Simulator for 10 years. So that's confirmed. Yeah. So, uh, GG, you're, uh, you're finally into that league where... Uh, you have at least 10 years ahead of you to fly the simulator and know there's going to be right. direct updates from, from the developers. And it's not just a few years like we've seen previously. So that's finally right. a big push because honestly, when, you know, FSX was, was released, you know, back then it was a lot of good things, but then it kind of faded out and it faded, relied yeah. a lot on its freeware and a its community. Add-on community to really yeah. work it out. It kind yeah. of died as well with, well, you know, as soon as multiplayer died. <laughs> yeah, it so died. GameSpy kind of died, so this kind of died with it. Then they went back, put it on uh, another platform, Steam this time, and then, oh, well, Steam kind of kept it. Luckily, the prices were not too bad sometimes, but Dovetail Games could have made maybe a bit more work with it, I think, because sometimes it's not exactly... It's just maintaining... Uh, yeah, it wasn't in, it so, wasn't innovating. It was just basically kind of keeping it. It kept where it was from a while back. Once you got yes. your acceleration packs, your deluxe packs, and and, and everything, yeah. you know, once the product stack was out and you had your acceleration, it was pretty much it. And that yeah. was it. That that was probably five years of support, maybe six. Which and was, then, to be honest, it was a little bit long because in the past we would usually have another simulator iteration within yeah, two, like years. two to three years right so when it went beyond that period and then you realized oh this may be ugh, you know this may be a while now before we're gonna see anything again never thinking it's gonna be nobody dreamed it was gonna be you know 14 years if you just kind of step around flight but it's clear that this is not the intention and quite frankly i think that the opening sales that we've had here, and we don't have Xbox version yet, that the sales alone have been incredible. So I think that, if anything, during these 10 years of development, I think this cycle of... Uh, I don't know if they're ever going to add years to it. Like, suddenly it's going to be 2024 20, uh, flight simulator, you know, Oh, 26 right. you know what i mean i don't know if they'll ever do that again i'm not Them sure going back to their old uh yeah old ways. But i but i don't think that i don't think it's gonna be getting some turbulence here yeah i am too a little bit so um how far ahead are you because i know there's like no i'm trying to slow down, down there, a little bit here you. there's a lot of people behind me so i'm having a hard time oh i, I can have... see you yeah maybe a couple of miles ahead of you okay. directly in front of you Maybe Good. five nautical miles, probably. I'd love it if the VFR map could also show. Yeah, show the other people. I agree. Yeah, that'd be nice. It would be. Uh... Well, or and then again, sort. <laughs> sort the people <laughs> out. Because honestly, by the number of people we're seeing around that are not with us, uh, that would be a lot on the map. 
It sure would. It probably... But because we're getting the data regardless, I think it could show. Especially it's just coordinates and you just put an icon where a coordinate is. It shouldn't be yeah. too bad. So, yeah, I would expect that to be... But um, back back to the uh, to the ten-year uh, plan. I th I think that um, they can clearly see what I guess I was hinting at was, are they going to leave it at Microsoft Flight Simulator and that's just going to be it, and then those updates are going to come? But I think if this proves the success that it's already that it already is now, that mm. I think it's going to go beyond that ten years. It's going to be too lucrative. And then when you throw in the Xbox, if the Xbox version is a success, and then over the next, let's say, 12 to 24 months, the study-level aircraft start coming out, the default aircraft are being brought up to, you know, decent levels, because not everybody can afford payware. It's a big world, and there's a lot of economic positions that people are in, and and Microsoft took its position, well, not Microsoft, Asobo, should I say, uh, not too long ago on, on the last q and I think, when they mentioned, you know, at first they, they kind of left the, the third-party market. So their own default planes were not 100% full quality. They didn't put 100% of effort to make sure it was as true to life as possible because they were leaving some of that for the community. And they pretty much said, well, we think it might be a little mistaken. We might actually want right now to improve on those planes and make them 100% workable. So yeah. I don't know if that was just a change of perspective or if they're actually thinking about doing it. But if they do, I think that would be I think because, positive. Yeah, I think because they're listening. And there's, you know, obviously there's... For those of us that love this kind of flying, we're thrilled, right? We've got some issues, of, you know, a, a Navionics shuts off or something. It's for the, the people that are having the IFR airliner experience. And I think that there's they're vocal. Complain, right? <laughs> of course. But th there's, I think there's enough people that are longing to have some of the default aircraft uh, airliners, especially brought up to a higher level that I think they did change their perspective. I also think that perhaps once Xbox version comes out, they'll have a slightly different, maybe only, maybe it'll be a public perception, but I think their, their way that they look at missions or campaigns, I think it'll change slightly because there will be a lot of people who are coming over from Xbox that will be used to some kind of objective and they'll be a little bit thrown. Maybe it takes a little while, even with us, it takes a while to wrap your imagination around, well, what can I do today? Where can I go today? How can I fly today? It's this huge open-ended world that sometimes when you're coming from a, a game environment where you have structure and goals and objectives and, you know, it can be expansive, but there is a kind of border to it that when you come to such an open-ended, literally the whole world, yeah. some people are going to need a little bit of that organization or that, a little bit of that direction. And as long as they keep that an option, like I said, I think that they, because in the Q&A, they were like, no, we're completely not really interested in doing that. Now, we know that they had advertisements last October, November, that uh, pointed to a missions person, a vacancy. Well, and we, yeah, you know, a so, job posting. Yeah. Yeah. So I have a feeling that whatever that reluctance to engage with the idea of missions and campaigns 
I think publicly maybe it was a little bit more firm because they wanted to make sure they did not lose the hardcore simmer. They want to make sure they kept that person totally reassured. And until they're out and they're giving update after update and patch after patch, and you can clearly see after this went on sale that they're still here, it's every week, it's a lot of information. Every month it's the developer, you know, Twitch Q&A. And I think they want to make sure they have that connection well-established so that people won't think, you know what, they're going to bolt any day now and we're going to be stuck with a game and a bunch of stupid missions. And we, they're definitely trying to avoid that. But I think it's twofold. I think that that vacancy showed it was on their mind. They have Some so many of the vocabulary to deal with, honestly. So many directions that they're being pulled. The moment you've got the VR team, you've got the DirectX 12 team, you've got the Xbox versions that need to come out, you've got the team dealing with the PC version and the updates and and fixes that need to come out for this, and they're really, really then, yeah, very, very busy. Yeah, you're still missing a few, right? There's the helicopter yeah, switch they want to spread yeah. the DLC. They got a team working on fixing all the multiplayer bugs, so then they can finally, we can call it in, in quotations, unlock uh, the moment where they can begin working on shared cockpit and some of those features. So there is so many things that are to be done by just 120 people. It's massive. It's massive, and that's why I'm, that's why I'm being patient, not just from experience, because I remember when other simulators came out and you know this thing was terrible or that thing was wrong or this was only half done and actually i remember is, those this things. is something i'd like the people that are listening do it one time just go on the website go find old old posts from last year uh or from more towards the beginning when there was still the alpha and the beta go look and see the difference because there is a difference like i saw um quite some things actually i was i was talking with uh with uh Sintom, uh about some of the stuff you know about um about flying because he does a lot of uh of screenshots every every week you might see one or two from him because uh, he does a lot of screenshot uh work on on the simulator we're just talking about this and by going through some of the old pictures i saw that the cloud quality really really increased since the beginning and not just on how grainy it is, but also on its shape, its texture, and the the quality of it, the re, the the resolution at which you know you can get those smaller uh, particles of a cloud compared to just being a big blob. Yeah, there, I mean, if you just things. look, if you just look straight down, I know you're a little bit behind me, but just looking straight down at this valley underneath me, and the fact that my brain, against my will, is trying to find that 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 patchwork repetitive and just and you can't i'm looking like i cannot believe coming from where we came from to where we are that again it's my it's my style of flying i like it there's a lot of people that like it so i have complete sympathy with the airliner people because obviously they too want to have this kind of experience like that we're having with this kind of flying and it it is a bit more complex so obviously it's going to be a little bit harder to bring in and i think there are a lot of there was so much information on this sim as it's been developed over the last year that it brought a lot of brand new people in and maybe some people have never experienced it's kind of like the thing with the, the frame rates 30 fps what are you talking about but they don't have experience with flight simulators realizing that 30 in flight simulator universe is pretty good it's actually well, great there's there's something so more they to have, that yeah 
there's yeah, something more to that because NFSX 20 FPS, you still see it. Yes. This new sim, 20 FPS, you don't see it as much. And the V-Sync that they've included in there, and they probably have a lot more techniques, and I also just entered a cloud. Um, <laughs> those techniques are really changing it a lot, and you don't see it really as much. So I think there's something yeah. else to just being 20 FPS or 30 FPS. That right. There's more because it's yeah. very freaking smooth for what it can be, and I think they're they're figuring out a way to. Well, you know, first of all, there's the usual step of adding extra frames, even though they're going to be the same frames. There's there's all these different techniques that existed before, but there was a clear difference between FSX and FS20. Yeah, that's why that's why I said there's going to be a learning curve. There's going to be a learning curve for us, uh, who are <clears throat> excuse me experienced. And there's going to be a learning curve for new people that are that are being pulled over by the images they're seeing, by the stories they're reading, by the videos that are on YouTube. And as we've seen before, before we even really started doing this, when we were just having simple, basic discussions, do you remember how many people would say, "Oh yeah, I've never I've never touched a flight simulator in my life. I don't exactly know what you're supposed to do, but I've seen these images or I I, I saw a video and it's so incredible. I, I find myself here. I, I brought myself over to Discord or I stumbled onto a, a blog or so it's a lot of brand new people coming and they may not realize that flight simulators are extremely complicated. And like you just mentioned with the FPS issue, they're used to, you know, a hundred FPS for a first person shooter or more. And not realizing A, you don't necessarily need that. B, you probably shouldn't expect it. And other issues like with certain systems on, on more complex aircraft that it's going to take a while in that first iteration. They may say, well, you know, Microsoft Flight Simulator has been around forever. I'm like, yeah, but there's a huge gap. So it's like starting over. You've got all new people, basically. You've got new technologies. You've got new things you can take advantage of. You just have to figure out how to, you know, bring it over from that old engine that we had from FSX, <clears throat> excuse me, that they're developed that they kind of use as a scaffolding to bring them over, but... Um, I they're... gotta be honest. Yeah. I love the game. I mean, it's 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 a step that I would never thought. Like, from the things I saw, I would never... Like, it's more than I expected, to be honest. I absolutely agree. Uh, also, the performance is more than I expected. I so agree. I'm really in love with this game, and I, I see the... Like, the... I see the, um, the whole perspective, like... What will will it, will it be in two years? Like, look at GTA Five, what it is today, right? From yeah. all the mods yeah. that are there. So, <laughs> yeah, this put the potential behind this game is crazy. It's unreal to be to be honest, because no one can really like determine what we will have like in two years from now on. The future is so bright you can't look into it. Yeah, it's right. it's, it's that's, that's why sad. I think that ten year. Yeah, I think. Thank you. <laughs> I think that ten year plan is an idea. But I think the success of this is going to be, like you said, in three, two, three, four years, what all is going to be brought into this, I right. think that this is going to be, this is not going away anytime soon, especially with the dedication that they've gotten. And they've gotten some, obviously, they've gotten a return with a million copies or more sold that, that we're aware of that, um, you know, yeah. that's an amazing amount of, I mean, if everybody only bought the base version, that's 60 million. That's a 
that's a that's a great start we know a lot of people just didn't buy the base version so right well i mean mean, probably create estimations yeah it's it's good news though haven't even touched it yet exactly i want listen if they can sell 500 million i the more they can sell i'm thrilled if it's 10 million if it's 50 million 100 million, i don't care because the more people that come the more inspired dedicated uh they'll be because obviously they're going to want to take advantage of it and they know that they're going to have a huge audience and that only helps us so that when people cry out for a feature or a plane or updated maps or whatever it is they know hey imagine xbox has 90 million users if they could get a quarter of them and add that to the flight simulator world that would be unbelievable exponentially unbelievable so i think that and as long as they keep the experience customized enough that no two paths that don't want to cross have to cross no two experiences have to gel together because you know they have to kind of make a compromise on two sides and force two two sides to the middle as long as that doesn't happen and i do not think it will it's it can be a lot of things to a lot of people and the more the merrier somebody wants to fly those hot air balloons at a thousand miles an hour i'm maybe one day who am i I to say no I, i i've said it before i'll say it almost every stream I would like a hot air balloon in a place like this because it's slow and I can take in the scenery. Right. I don't want a glider. A glider. Yeah. Somebody made a blimp. There's a freeware blimp. Uh, there's a freeware trike. I believe it's on Nexus. And did, it, did anyone yet do the glider? The sailplane. The sailplane in this game is 100% made for the scenery, the weather, the wind, everything. This this game is absolutely made for soaring for sure yeah and there are already there are already many planes coming and already many planes yeah. to buy right so it's all going on right now the air the aircraft are the slightly slower obviously than the scenery in the airports we don't have as many but as the systems get fleshed out a little more and as the updates keep keep coming live we're seeing more information from the developers about you know, their schedules and what their plans are. And there's a few that are still delayed. We're going to speak about those as well. Um, Like, for example, we have one of the products that came out. It's called a Long Easy Rutan Model 61. I don't know if anybody's seen that. I don't know a lot about the plane. It's very unique. It's like a experimental plane. Yeah. One propeller at the back. Kind of like the the Icon, but it's the whole plane that's more of a wing. Yeah, and it's it's got a nose wheel that actually retracts. The the, the main gear does not. Um, he did say that uh, I don't want to get this wrong. If he said it was cantilever, I can't remember. It's a it's a kind of system that isn't exactly modeled yet in uh, Flight Simulator as it stands right now. But as those things again come online, they'll be able to make the fidelity of that aircraft, uh, you know, better and better. They have a new Italian uh, jet trainer made by uh, a company, uh, India Fox Teco. It's an MB339A. So that's a new one. Um, of course, we have the Kit Fox. We have the Coronado and and uh, the, the yeah. Cessna L19. So they are coming. They're a little bit Well, they're simpler add-ons, but, right, exactly. as well. Because exactly. they're, they're just... 
it takes time to develop things. It takes time for you to learn and understand the tools to adapt to a lot of new things because development for X-Plane, development for P3D and FSX are much simpler. They're using older technologies. They're well-known and well-documented. Today, we're into this new formats for uh, the models, um, for the gauges, and and even more. Yeah. So it is a completely new thing to learn. So I can understand why devs want to learn that stuff, but they have to understand how to make something work. Yeah. Right? It takes By the way, guys, if you guys look forward, we're about to come to Mount Rainier. So get ready for another, the second of our uh, Guardians. Well, I call them the Guardians of the Columbia, but uh, those are actually uh, Hood, Adams, and Mount St. Helens. But just up ahead of us, we have Mount Rainier. So continue the conversation, but don't forget to enjoy the view. By the way, it's also really um, crazy how, um, how should I say it, uh, how they're able to have the whole world streamable. And if you just go ahead and try to, like, figure out how much money you need to invest to make that possible for everyone around the world. It's just yeah, huge. It's like it's definitely a huge not cheap. Amount. It's a no. huge investment. Yep. Yeah. It really is right there so, alone. That would show you there has to be a massive commitment because that doesn't come cheap for sure. Yep. So we can expect cool things in the future. Oh, for sure. We already have some cool stuff coming out now. And what is it? Two months and a couple of days. We forget yeah. that, you know, we're, we have a lot of people like, oh, I need this and I want that. And why don't you have this? And it's like, look how many updates. Granted, some of them have made a few bugs a little weird, fixed some, made other ones back and forth. But we've only had the game like 64 days. And there's already right. been, what, four major updates and patches, the Japan update. We've got another one coming next week. So the frequency... It shows the commitment and the actual expense of having to stream all of this. I mean, this stuff is not cheap. And we're not paying that dreaded subscription that we all thought we were going to have to pay. And how much is it going to be? Are they going to charge us $20 a month? And if you look back at right. the commentary as we came through the year, we all kind of expected, well, how in the world are they going to do this for nothing? Just with right. a one-time purchase. So. A lot of us have been surprised. Uh, I kind of thought there would be a subscription of some kind, maybe for the highest level, like if you really wanted like ultra whatever, that maybe they would have said, okay, it's going to be 10 bucks a month or 5.99 a month or something like that. And then there were other levels that you could have this base, base level right. that was a good experience. But if you really wanted the, the bells and the whistles because it's costing them, but apparently... They're able to do it. So, have they made any sort of official statement on that subject? You mean pretty on subscriptions in general? On, 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 no, on subscription versus one-time payment or any of that. Because I heard a lot of people speculating, and I didn't know if they ever. They kind of came out. Made an announcement came out. on what their plan well, is. There was half truth. We could call it because, in a sense, there is a subscription, but it's not just for the game. It's for Xbox Game Pass. So that was the subscription method of getting access to the game. Ah. So the people that were talking about subscription versus just a basic product game that you just buy one time, I got to understand because it's Microsoft and a lot of stuff today will you start paying subscriptions for because 
the initial up cost is very small and then well you, you pay long term but and i couldn't understand because you know you got all the server costs you got two petabytes of data on the other side that you can stream uh depending on where you go around the world so there's a lot of data i could understand why it's such a thing but i think if it wasn't microsoft who did this if it was uh, laminar research if it was prepar 3d lockheed martin if it was another company that just took on the challenge we would probably have a subscription because these guys would probably not be able to absorb the costs microsoft yeah, we're lucky to. enough to have uh azure and i don't know how many servers they have across the world but they have a lot of data centers so we're lucky enough to have at least a base that is already existing so the infrastructure is right. there they're using a bit of it of course because there's all the bandwidth and so on and of course updates are not small but they're still getting most of their money back right now from their initial investments which was through four years of development with the sobo uh and you know allocation uh ip utilization and so on and so on so they're probably going to see most of their profits come from the xbox release and some of the the stuff like the store third-party sell uh you know selling for for add-ons for little extras commercial licenses that's when they're really going to go into those and and get some some money right now it's just the initial investment so it could have been a subscription but we're lucky enough they did not go for that yeah i think again i think they were listening um to the voices that were out there that there were enough people that were concerned about the subscription and what their opinions as to why <clears throat> it wasn't ideal and some people were flat out not going to do it and coming from where they were coming from where they needed they needed the hardcore community they needed them badly because they needed them on board to help you know not with just the word of mouth but also with the development of the of the sim because the community is what's going to keep it alive in between and around all of the updates and, and things that they're doing. And when you're coming back from a long absence, you definitely, especially if you've had a, a bit of a, a departure that was a problem, you want to try to reinstall Sorry. confidence. And the people you have to get first are the hardcore people, the people that might be the most invested who felt like, you know, we need to be really sure that you mean what you say and you're going to do try to at least do some things the way that we want them because we've kept it alive for 14 years. I don't, I'm not saying that we as in, you know, myself included, but well, the community did. Yeah. The community in general. And technically has, you did because anyone that flies just even from time to time back in FSX when, you know, 2014, 2016, all those people yeah. were, were still, downloading add-ons commenting on the forums and, and just being around even if it wasn't much the community was still alive you had all those websites fly away uh, a, uh aviation um you had you know all those websites that still existed uh they still yeah. exist today and they have the new category now fs20 but right they literally they're just holding i don't know how many terabytes of data of add-ons and scenery with just donations right because that's how they hold up their servers and i know they, yeah. they probably had to put their own money in there as well to to keep it alive but it was still alive it wasn't dying like we'd see other servers or or different other things that yeah. need hosting online especially with that amount of bandwidth yeah. so because people loved it so much they wanted to keep it alive 
Uh, by the way, I just wanted to let everybody know a little something about Mount Rainier as we come across come across its path. It's 14,411 feet. Uh, surprisingly, it is considered to be one of the most dangerous volcanoes in the world because of its high probability of eruption. So hopefully we will pass on by and uh, <laughs> it will leave us. Boy, that would be an Easter egg, wouldn't it? That would be an Easter egg right yeah, there. Yeah, if you fly over Mount Rainier, it will just explode on you. <laughs> um, I will admit in uh, FS-98, I flew over Kilauea and it erupted. It was erupting and I thought, oh, I wonder what's going to happen when I go through that black smoke. I'll try not to go through the flame part, but I'll go through like the ash. Dead. <laughs> so this is also the tallest uh, in the Cascade volcanic arc. So um, yeah, you can see that on the uh, quite a beautiful location. Artificial horizon thing. Yeah. Like the Imagine waking up and seeing that every day in your backyard. Man, alive. Scary, but that are hiding totally it. beautiful. But well, you know what? I've, that's I went up to thirteen thousand, so yeah. We're, we're right next to Seattle. Like Seattle's yep. I know there's clouds, but like they're right down there. You can see it on the map. Yeah, on a clear day you can definitely see it. I, I could see uh Mount Baker from Vancouver when I was in downtown Vancouver. It was a really, really clear sunny day and lo and behold, very similar obviously to Mount Rainier here. And I, I remember asking somebody, I'm like, Wow, what is that huge mountain? Like it's very I think it was sixty five Miles away, I could have that completely wrong, but I was just amazed that it was so clear on the horizon and it's just a spectacular part of the world. People are very lucky to be here. So, yeah, it's a bit dangerous. It's a volcano. You never know what's going to happen, but. And they've done it so well. I mean, I think they put extra attention to the detail here. Uh, not only just the area, but I think Mount Rainier got some special love because it's. It's looking great even from this distance, and I don't think all of the scenery has completely loaded in. So, <laughs> well, it, it nice. is quite a lot of uh, of scenery, especially the, it is yeah. some of the first time I really fly in this area. I did fly below, uh, like this whole area, but that's much further south of where we really are right now. So, yeah, I haven't been here since. <clears throat> the new sim was released. I used to, like I said, in FSX, I used to come here all the time because for what it was, even Mount Rainier looked good. It looked, you know, and you could kind of, with the waterways of Seattle, you could kind of, um, again, work your way around because you're near a body of water. So between Mount Rainier and, and the area that I could kind of sort of do a VFR back in the day when, you know, VFR was much more akin to... Uh, role-playing and using your imagination than obviously that it is right now where you can literally see rivers and roads and yeah. mountains and everything so accurate that i want to touch on something because sure. you know we talked in the development update about a few things but there's one part which i found very interesting it's the partnership series update well part of their update is just saying well we had seven episodes and thank you to all of the people that were part of those partnerships because the simulator wouldn't be what it is. And that includes, you know, Media Blue, uh, Black Shark AI, Fatsim, Bing Maps, Textron, Gaia Simulations, Aerosoft. And they, they said, you know, there's more to come. 
Um, in the coming weeks and months, we will continue the series and will present our collaborations with Azure Cognitive Services, NavBlue, key third-party partners, several plane manufacturers, peripheral makers, and a few surprises. I was quoting uh, that October 22nd, 2020 development update. And part of this, well, you heard it, right? Azure Cognitive yeah. Services, NavBlue, partners, plane, peripherals, and a few surprises. Surprises. Who doesn't? Who doesn't like surprises? Uh, but really, <laughs> yeah. I think the order is pretty interesting. Of course, they they go from more specific to to least specific. Uh, but having access to that information, Azure Cognitive Services. What is that? If you take a quick Google search and you you look at, at what it is um, on their documents uh, documentation, they're saying it is a. It, it can be both as a bot. Or it can be as a digital voice assistant, like more of a talk-based uh, bot. And you can create conversational relationships with broad audiences. That's what they say. But I think this could be pretty cool because this could mean a few things. It could mean probably a more advanced uh, AI ATC, where instead of having that weird uh, voice kind of thing, uh, and you just yeah. type in the number that corresponds to the answer and so on, there might actually be a way for you to interact with ATC voice-wise. Because what would be the point of having you know a digital voice assistant if it's not to capture your voice, understand the command that you're giving it, and then applying whatever result is supposed to come with what you asked? And technically, you could probably figure out a way if you're someone who develops for for Google or, or Amazon to take, you know, a, a Google Home and Alexa and go in there, you know, and fiddle with the software and figure out a way to say, you know, when you say hey Alexa or something, it acts like if it's the tower and and you could probably create an actual way for you to interact with ATC. That's probably what they're doing here for us in the simulator. So this is speculation still. We're, we're really not sure of anything on this point. It could be with ATC. It could be co-pilot features, uh, like a flight crew management by voice. It could be a lot of things. But just the fact that that is part of it, and it's a partnership, tells me that there's also people development from outside the Asobo team. So it could be work that could be going on right now in the background that does not require a full team of Asobo uh developers there's nav blue nav blue is amazing it's going to tell you well finally we're going to get the 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 monthly updates for the navigation we're also going to get the usual uh charts that we're supposed to have chart plus from from the beginning of uh that's what they wanted to do at release but they didn't end up having it uh due to some issues so that means it's coming soon. Then the key third-party partners. Well, there's a lot. <laughs> there is actually a lot. Um, and because they had another uh, 60 people accepted, I think, to the their uh, partnership. That's the, the partner program, the one that allows uh, developers to, to sign up and get accepted yeah. and sell into the marketplace. And what is the few surprises? I'm honestly mm. curious. I don't know if you, if you guys have any thoughts on what surprises they could bring us in terms of partnerships and, well, 
partnerships are related to features or new things in the simulator, new content. So what do you guys think those few surprises are? You know, just be interesting. That's the thing. Right? Yes. There's so many options. Well, that's part of what uh, one of the one of the guys was talking about. He was saying, you know, imagine four or five years. Look at the number of mods that have been done in other games, and just picture what what could be what this universe is going to be like in a couple of years. It's going to be just jam packed. It's literally hard to conceive of what the surprises can be. Literally, because it's such an open possibility that it's hard to pin down like you know where are we going from here it's and not just that <laughs> you know remember fsx remember the number of add-ons that existed for that platform ah that was a, a lot yeah. lot lot of add-ons incredible so and to this day there's still those scenery those scenery and aircraft libraries that are still like you said they're still existing on uh community supported um they're still surviving websites yeah, yeah they're still surviving that's honestly and people are still developing people are still developing for it because no matter what there's still an incredible amount of people that are still using some of these um older I, literally i was again doing a little research and i saw a guy asking about i finally decided after all of this time to migrate from uh, 2002 fs to fs 2004 and i thought wow that is a long time ago but uh there's still people out there that are enjoying these other versions. And as long as there are, there's going to be people that are going to develop and create wow. and keep it alive. So Dang, that scenery. The, the, yeah, I'm sorry, I'm right now going through. There's like this formation that I'm looking at right here. <laughs> it's quite beautiful. And from earlier, I know that um, STW was asking about if we should maybe land at some point on one of those mountainsides. <laughs> yeah, maybe we should. <laughs> I wish we were in the Cub. The ex-Cub probably oh, could, uh, Savage on. Cub. You could probably still do it. I mean, yes, your, your landing yeah. gears are going to be a little soft, but yeah, it's not as big probably of a wheel could. and everything, but you could probably end up doing something like that. You know me. What I also like about the game is the fact that I now stopped playing all these uh, FPS games, shooter games, because I always wanted something that, like, every game, you know, that came out in the past years, it really, like, the last game was Red Dead Redemption for me, and uh, all these games just getting boring after, I don't know, playing it one a week or something, and... I just wanted to have something that like like keeps me playing because it just improves uh, every now and then, right? So I'm just really glad that this game came out because I was just focused. I, I didn't really, you know, back in the days I played many hours of FSX and then I lost the track of it. But now I'm back at the aviation and I really love it because it was always my passion, right? I just forgot about it. Like, I, I don't know why. and. Now I'm so glad that I have a game where I can spend so much time in and it doesn't get boring, right? Yeah. Well, and the fact that so many of us can't go anywhere, we're all kind of stuck where we are. We can't travel. And for those people to have that that travel, that wanderlust and, you know, right. all of that that goes into this, the love of geography and history and, you know, ancient sites and, and aviation itself and, you know, cartography and all of these 
you know, other pieces that all fit together to give you that kind of. I'm flying so dangerously. I'm into a <laughs> cloud wow. right now next to the mountain. I'm not sure Oof. how close I'm supposed to be, but I know I'm not going to make it. Like, I have to go somewhere. I'm up at 13,000 feet and I've. 13,000. Yeah, <laughs> and I've gotten out of the clouds because it was spoiling my view. So, and how funny the clouds are so well done that it's not like flying into a billboard for, yeah, you know, two seconds. Knots, it's, and yeah. it's 9,000. So I'm like oh, right literally on the mountainside. Let me try to slow down a little bit. I'm speeding along. Normally I'm so far behind everybody else that it's. Nah, it's me right now. I keep now. having to I'm check if everybody's behind. still around me. It's just because right. that other side of the mountain was beautiful. Like, Oh, guys, look ahead. We've got uh, Mount Hood and Mount Adams that are coming up. I think uh, Mount Hood is like 11,000, almost 11,250 feet. Um, and Adams, I think it's the highest. Am I right or am I wrong? To look up my facts a little bit. No, it's not the highest, but it's 12,281. So we've got these two beautiful uh, mountains coming up in front of us. Again, these will be uh, the third and fourth. And those two are actually are what? John Williams described in 1912 in his classic uh, Guardians of the Columbia uh, that it was Hood and Adams and Mount St. Helens that were standing majestically over uh, this beautiful area when he visited it more than a century ago. And you could see why he was inspired to write a book. And again, as our buddy there said, who would have ever thought that Flight Simulator would come back, first of all, because I never thought I'd see it again. Right. And, you know, I did this weird thing periodically. And I don't know if anybody else did, but occasionally I would think, well, maybe I'm just not hearing anything about it. So I would literally do a Google search over the years, and I'd put in, like, you know, Flight Simulator 2008, but nothing would come back. Or Flight Simulator 2010, thinking maybe there's some story out there that they're developing a new one. And I would do this periodically, and it just, you know, I, obviously after a while I stopped after you read about the Aces Studios and how much it just seemed like, well, this is never coming back. A flight, flight. I remember seeing the that beautiful image of the cover of for Flight, the artwork, and I thought, wow, that's that's amazing. Never believing that the simulator would look like that, and yet we're looking around now, and if anybody can recall that artwork for Flight. This doesn't, it doesn't look very far off from what we're seeing now. That was 2012, and I thought, well, maybe they'll be inspired. I didn't purchase Flight, but I guess I was hoping that it would be a success, and I that would like inspire a lot of them. To, bought it. Yeah, no, and obviously, there you go. It wasn't the success that if it would have been, let's say it was more of a traditional simulator, uh, they may have, you know, we may have seen. 2014, 2016, 2018, so that 2020 would just be another along the you know wonderful road. So literally, I missed it so much that I would periodically search for it just to see if some seed of development was out there somewhere that would say, "Hey, this is coming back." The way they kept this a secret, you know, we always hear that all the time. Oh, that can't possibly be the truth because there's way too many people to keep a secret. Not one story on this simulator prior to last year. Did anybody hear it? Because I, I certainly didn't hear one whisper that there was a, it was in development, that it was even a thought 
it was in their really mind yeah. it was super super well they were so hyped about it quiet. themselves they knew it was not something that they really wanted to leak yeah they were all yeah they were all so invested in it this is something i kind of learned from uh <clears throat> from the the technology side of things is when you want to leak something and it's mostly for me i learned it from hardware uh, especially like cpus gpus that kind of thing um, it can be very difficult or easy to keep back certain information depending on how how serious you take that information um, and like amd in the past has done a lot of well not intentionally but there's been a lot of leaks because of who they who they had in the marketing departments and sending the data to the board partners that would create you know their own uh, lineup of cards and it would be this thing you know so there, there was a lot of, of of leaks and data was really traveling a lot now mm -hmm. for example the the latest amd gpus it's been very quiet until only a few days ago and that was very intentional and they had really kept it quiet for a long time and they really put an effort into keeping that quiet so and you know sometimes you were seeing up to the point where the leaks were coming from nvidia people so it's 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 quite a, a funny circumstance yeah the way that they look at it yeah by the way i misspoke it's not mount hood it's actually uh mount st helens it would be a a rather sharp right turn off to our right but uh the peak in the distance will be Mount St. Helens, the one that, that erupted in uh, May 1980. Remember that, that is the... Your, your voice it, is... Sorry to break it. in there. Yeah. Oh, sorry about that. Let's see. Any better now? Yep. Okay, yeah, I was just saying that I misspoke. I had uh, this other uh, volcano off to our right in the distance. I had that as um, Mount Hood. It's actually Mount St. Helens. Mount Hood is uh, due south of us, so uh, Mount St. Helens is uh, basically due west of uh, Mount Adam. And for us in the United States, it was a, a huge event when, uh, when that volcano blew and that they knew that it was coming and it was on the news every, every day just waiting to see when it would happen. And, man, when it, when it went, it really went hundreds of millions of trees and it's, but it's growing back and it's, you know, wildlife's returned and it's amazing how nature can recover from some, something so catastrophic. And yet without these natural processes, I mean, you don't have the landscape around you that you would have. So I'd love to live here, to be honest. Everybody says they want to live where I live and I'm like, it's hot. It's great. There's beaches, but sometimes I want to see mountains and I want to see wildlife and I guess we always want what we don't have. We think it's greener somewhere else, but man, I'd love to wake up and see this kind of scenery. That's why I went to Alaska, because Alaska is just otherworldly like this. It's 100% of that. Yeah. Yep. That's why I did it. Man. Trying to see if I could see it. If I could see Mount St. Helens through the clouds in the distance there. I was curious to see if they had the Caldera, you know, if it was modeled the way that it was after the eruption because it has that huge horseshoe shaped uh you know portion in the middle that's missing but i don't think we can quite see it from here yeah that's true probably though it's it's well uh got a high level of um got a high level of detail so i would imagine it's 
fairly close. I mean, Mount Adams right there has got great detail. So, you know, what's nice about it as well is the simulator is so well done that as we're traveling here, this gives me an excuse to immediately or relatively soon just come back and go have a look. You know what I mean? So it's like if you miss something one day or if you decide to take a left and, and you go back one day and you say, you know what, I'm going to go right instead. I'm going to go that way. Like, uh, what's his face? Captain Kirk said in Star Trek, go that away. It's anywhere you go, you're going to see something worth seeing. And it's going to be, you know, pretty well done. So that's kind of exciting. Yeah, now you can see it a little bit. It does have that flattened off, that flattened off top a little bit. If you look closely, I don't know what your guys' clouds are. I have that clouds white like... cloud right in front. <laughs> it knows you want to look. Yeah, it knows you want to see it. It's it like, just no. as large as well. It's neat perfectly for this. How convenient, right? Oh, man. Yeah. Has to be. Uh, I have a technical question for you. Yeah, go for it. When you are flying and you're using your mixture to try to lean your fuel, or I should say to, to you know, slow your fuel flow, the fuel flow, what do you think, because I'm never really sure, I, I kind of need to read up on it a little bit. I've got mine set at about half. I have it leaned about 50% to yeah. try to get that um, fuel flow down. I think I'm, oh, I'm doing good. I'm at, uh, in, in real I'm at life, 348, it's, so. In, in real life, it's just about the sound most That's, of the time. They're listening yeah. to the sound of the engine. So if it doesn't sound rough, then you know you, you can... You can continue to lean until yeah. you, you get that and, kind of I mean, you also right? see in your instrument when you lose performance, right? Like you were, like you have, you got to, you got to think like the the feeling that you have in real life is a different one, right? You just, just yeah. feel when there's like the performance going back, right? Because you feel the G pressure in a certain way and how the yeah. plane itself uh, is moving and. Yeah, it just depends on your hearing. Like, you, you can't, there's like not no really, really measurement to say, okay, on this height, you need to have like 60% because it also depends on how the air is and all that, right? Okay. Yeah, it's I've never really moisture and all that. Is yeah. it? I've never pulled it back to the degree to see if it would um, really start to stutter or sputter or the sound would change. So that's interesting. I'm wondering. Oh, uh, okay. Well, maybe I'll try that when I'm not live. So I don't <laughs> fall out of this, you know, plunge out of the sky. You yeah. can totally hear it in the sim. It's cool. I mean, you can can correct me, but like from my point of knowing right now, it it's really just depends on the sound. Okay, that sounds reasonable. I've heard that in the past, so I just oh, wasn't okay. sure that that was modeled in we in the, the sim. So yeah, it, it, it well. is. It is. It's they definitely pay attention to it. That's awesome. It what's going on, guys? Hey, how's it going? Well, what's, uh, what's up? Not much. We're into Are you flying with us? and uh, group plate. What's the podcast about? Uh, about this? <laughs> the flight it's about flight simulator, and we do a little news and a few products and speculate and talk about do hardware usually, sometimes yeah, software. speaking of which i do need to to mention for those honeycomb people out there we've got a little bit of honeycomb news for those oh, that are true in their products and it's it's interesting uh the bravo is starting to ship i think the orders will, that are going out will be um 
obviously the ones that were ordered directly from Honeycomb first. But they gave a little bit of news. There's going to be a new Alpha Yoke that's coming, and it's going to have Xbox X and Xbox S support. You're literally going to be able to plug your Bravo. You mean Series um, X? Yeah. Yes. Is that the only, is that the only difference? Uh, yeah, they didn't say there was going to be much performance difference on the yoke, but that it would be directly compatible with the Xbox, and they're going to discontinue this version. So I guess there'll be some some way to plug things into your yoke, or maybe the yoke directly into the the Xbox. I should say. I just um, bought the old one. <laughs> I have that's the one I have. It's it literally it's just going to be. For Xbox fun- functionality, yeah. I mean, I'm not, so I don't have an Xbox. So. Me either. I don't either. Yeah, now yeah. the Bravo, the Bravo, um, that should be, well, one one reviewer on uh, YouTube. He he was well, not really a reviewer, but he did a review. He's with uh, X Plane a lot, and he said he did, he was wondering if they would be out by Christmas. But I think with them starting to ship now here in the last week or roughly the first of November, I think maybe we'll get. Some of us who I've pre-ordered the Throttle Quadrant, so it should be coming sometime in November. They also announced they have Charlie rudder pedals, oh, yeah. and uh, they are not plastic. Uh, <laughs> they are top. Yeah, they're good quality. I mean, so far Charlie. the yoke is excellent, and the Bravo. How much are they going to be though? They say two forty-nine, so it's going to be the same as the. Oh, um, that's not bad. It says uh, twenty twenty-one. The new. Oh, there's also. I'm sorry, getting a little bit cross. Crossed here. That's 2021 for the Charlie pedals. 2021 for the new version of the Alpha Yoke. Um, there's also going to be a hub that you can buy. Uh, it's, let's see. The new Yoke won't. The new Yoke won't need the hub. The hub's going to be 29.99. But that's only for people that are are wanting to um, combine that Yoke with an Xbox. And so, like for people like me and the other gentlemen, you know, we just have the Yoke straight out. But um, it's good to hear that at least. Uh, they uh, on FS Elite they showed an image that showed the the yoke, and the throttle and the uh, rudder pedals, and they had a little bit of a description on those. And um, so the prices are consistent. They're two forty nine. I was lucky. I got the yoke on a pre order. I think it was maybe two nineteen. Uh, but um, I didn't get as lucky on the <laughs> on the throttle. It doesn't matter though. They're worth it. It's the yoke has made flying so much of a joy. After years and years, you can always resell it on eBay for the same price, at least if not higher. Yeah, with yeah, some people were complaining. They're like, "Well, I'll I'll pay anything. It's five hundred dollars now on eBay or something." I'm like, "Wow." Yeah, it is. Same with Amazon. And the funny thing is, that is completely driven by Flight Simulator. Completely driven by Microsoft, not by anybody else. So no matter how much. Well, yeah, some people are huge update anywhere else. Brought the brought the demand. Yeah. Yep. The demand well, suddenly went totally also, through the roof. At, well, there, there's a few factors that are part of this. Of course, COVID being one, because yeah. the the supplier of little parts, uh, for for the manufacturers of that are going to assemble all these little parts is of course going to be cut. Um, but also in general, those types of people do not produce that many units per day or per month per week depends on how you want to count it because most of their things is really relied on having a small supply always around and there's always going to be this small demand that you just have to fill and that's usually what happens uh but now 
suddenly there's the simulator that comes out. There's a lot of people who take new interest back into into this, into flying, and to all these uh, also other related uh, flight simulators and so on. Some might want to revisit DCS or other stuff. And suddenly yeah. they're bombarded by a lot of people who say, well, I want something now. And the manufacturers do not have the capacities nor had the expectation of such a boom. And as a result, they could not respond to that demand straight away. They, there is always mm -hmm. this delay when you have a boom in demand for something. But these guys were used to produce only so many units per week because it was that continuous, slow, small demand that they just had to fill in that would allow them their profit margins. And now mm -hmm. suddenly they're they're being asked to, to produce so many more units. It's crazy. So it's a slow process, and I love to see Honeycomb coming in here and kind of moving a bit the competition the same way, you know, Flight Sim 20 is bringing the same with between X-Plane, P3D, and FSX. It's kind of shaking up the market saying, hey, we're here, we're going to give, it's going to be a bit expensive, but it's going to be good quality, and you're not going to regret having that. And I think Honeycomb yeah. is doing a pretty yeah. good job so far. It is expensive. Yeah. But it you is, know what you're it getting for it. it. Yeah, really good quality. That's one thing. It, you're not dealing with you know really cheap, flimsy switches. Plastic is cracking, and and the degradation of the surfaces yeah. or, or the performance. You know the 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 mechanisms inside are still they still feel like it's the first day I've had them. So you can clearly tell, you know, there was definitely an effort to try to bridge that gap somewhere between SciTech, Logitech. And like Yoko and Brunner, where they're way, way on the high end, and there had to be something in the middle. And I think they've done a really great job, uh, you know, finding a price point, finding yeah, being a, a sophistication few bucks level instead of being a few thousand. Like honestly, thousand, yeah, literally, big difference. Literally, yeah, huge. Yeah, I just bought a Logitech throttle, but I kind of regret it. I should have just bought the Bravo and waited for it to ship. Well, I mean, that's yeah, I'm, I'm waiting a long point. time here myself. Yeah, right. a lot of people kind of want it, but it's not there right now. Yeah, so. guys. Yeah, I have a question. Uh, right now, I I'm using just a, a controller for flying because my old joystick just died years ago. But and I'm still like I didn't want to buy anything cheap or anything where I was not really paying attention how it is, you know, like I just want to invest into something that is good. So I'm just right now not sure if I should either buy the Thrustmaster Airbus Edition or the Honeycomb or both. I think it also it depends on how you fly, what planes you'd like to fly. Eventually I will be getting a Thrustmaster as well because I'd like to have a stick because I've never had one, literally. I use the keyboard all the time. But the yoke has been transformative. It's absolutely turned a diabolically terrible pilot into a, a 10 times better. a oh my god like i can actually live through most of my flights and the aircraft stays in one piece i i, I actually land on the runway now watch me go mm -hmm. off into body of water after this but yeah it's it's so different i i can't even i can't put it into words because i can't show you what the struggle was before i bought it and part of it that it kind of kills the the love of it because it's such a frustration when you can't 
You know, you can't control. That's why that's literally not only because I love to sightsee and I hate to say it. That's probably the reason why I love it the most because I just love to travel and I love to see new things. And that's why I like this style of flying. But I was sort of forced into it because I could not control a business jet with a mouse and a keyboard. You, the, the, right. the control yeah. needed to be it's, finer. It's it needed to be you know, faster. No. So the landings, I used to be happy if I managed to land sort of within, you know, 10, 10 yards each side of the, the runway without like doing cartwheels. I figured, well, I, that's a good landing because you could not control the faster aircraft. And also, of course, VFR wasn't really VFR, but I had a pretty good imagination. So I could kind of role play or pretend or do whatever, but this sort of takes that all away. And then when you add in a proper control that's really quality, the clamps that affixes it to the, the table, they have this non-sticky 3M stick pad that you can use if you really don't have the ability to clamp it to a table. You know, the yoke feels solid in your hand. The plastic feels like I could hit it with something and depending on not a hammer, but it's it's not gonna get it's not gonna crack. I haven't even scratched it actually. You know the buttons are. Uh, yeah, it's hard yeah. to describe. It. Really, really good quality. Uh, like when you knock it, if you tap it or you touch yeah. something, it doesn't feel hollow. It doesn't yeah. have that. You know. I think I'm going to buy the the honeycomb um, yoke, but also the the first master. But the yeah. problem is uh, all the honeycomb yokes are not available here in Germany right now. I found one website that was available and I bought it. Nice. Really? Yeah. I the only website where it's available is double the price. <laughs> yeah, wow. that's I just I waited until I could find it for the normal price on a website and snatched it. Yeah. I, wow. I just bought like a thirty-five dollar Logitech stick, but already like my landing scores went up like six times over the keyboard. Isn't it amazing? Yeah, it's and, and this is a cheap this is a cheapo stick. I mean I, even with the gamepad I uh I'm still doing uh, pretty good on the landing. Um, you, you can't land with a keyboard, honestly. Oh, no, God. No, you, not, you, not you with the keyboard. Me. But... Yeah, the keyboard was just death-defying disaster. I mean, you can. You can. You, you can. can if, you but... land, if you land ILS with the AV20, you can. <laughs> oh, well, yeah. It's like... Yeah, I... you let it do the work. My problem was I'd be sort of lined up. I'd be sort of lined up at a distance. I always had a hard time finding the, seeing the airport in FSX. I'm trying to fly like this. I'm not using a bunch of systems and, and things like that. And every time I'd always be too low. I'm like, well, where's the runway? Where's the threshold? And I, I just, I couldn't see it. So I was like, and invariably I'd be too far left or too far right. And then when you attempted to make corrections with a keyboard, it just, you couldn't do it. No matter what you did with the sensitivity, no matter where you went with it, if you turned it way up, you turned it way down. It's just the very quick, fine detail that you need to properly keep your alignment, you know, keep your attitude and all that. You just, it's absolutely impossible. And I don't know how I retained my love of flight simulator so long because literally the entire time I never had a joystick and I certainly never had a yoke. That's Back in the day, it was CH. Yeah. Yeah. So the moment that I got it, plugged it in, Using FSX, the very first landing, I'm like, this, where, why haven't I done this, you know, 15 years ago? Why, why, why? So, <laughs> so it can make, it can make an iffy pilot look good. Yeah. So, I, just, uh, I just refunded my uh, Logitech because it, it didn't ship yet. So, oh, okay. there you go. Yeah. It's, 
now I'm think, I, I think I'm going to get a Bravo, but the problem is most websites are saying it may, it may not ship until 2021. Ooh, let me see. You know what? While you're there, I'm going to look and see Man, what mine fits. If any of you have a site that, that ships it earlier, then go ahead and send it. Yeah, I'm going to look right now. I'm just looking to see where I ordered my – when I originally got my uh, yoke, I got it from my pilot store, I believe. So let's go on here and have a look and see if they have any update. Would you get the throttle, though? The throttle from the same place? No, I don't have the throttle yet. I've, I've pre-ordered uh, I pre-ordered there. Uh, on the my pilot store? Yeah, and I'm just kidding. They were pretty quick when when uh when Honeycomb started shipping directly. You know the orders that they had, you know, direct from their website. I think it was less than 30 days after they started it that I got my. I'm trying to let me go and check and see right how now, long ago placed the my, order. My pod store, you can't even pre-purchase it. It just notifies oh. you when it's available. Oh, wow. I did this a long time ago, so let me. Yeah. I'll let you know. I'm curious to see when I actually mm -hmm. I placed the order back in September. Oh no, I'm sorry. No, 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 no. I'm looking at the wrong order. I placed it back in July. Mm. But right now it's only submitted, so I don't have any updated information. But yeah. Uh, first week of July, second week of July, I uh I decided okay, now's the time to get in. I probably should have went direct with honeycomb, but I like to try to be loyal and I was happy with the way you know, it arrived in great condition. It arrived very quick. It actually arrived quicker once they said they had shipped it. Mm. I think they said five days. I think I got it in just under three. Mm. And it really wasn't that long after. Um, by the way, we're approaching Mount Hood. For those that are not too far behind me, it's the last uh, of our... Uh... You're kind of the only one. Oh no, am I? I've I've tried to slow down. I'm down to forty percent on my uh yeah. I know, I know you're trying. It's just that they had a little landing competition down there, and oh, uh, I well, for some fun. people it didn't end up amazing, but <laughs> would end up being they me. Just had a bit of fun uh, trying to do down, a, at least. Might do a little uh. Well, if I do too much of an S turn, I'm going to S turn right into the side. Of Mount Hood, which would not be cool. I'm gonna um, get close and see what kind of uh, wind nice modeling watch, they have. Though. I wish I could see your plane <laughs> model from down there, but it would be nice to see. Uh, Boom, and then your at, your name tag I'm disappeared. Ten thousand eight hundred. So I descended a little bit. Of course, while I'm babbling about my my horrible keyboard skills, the plane is uh, descending, and I'm not paying attention. Thank God I'm not a real pilot, right? But um, <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna get a little bit close to the mountain here and see if. There's any downdraft that's going to give me a little bit of grief. I've again, we've mentioned it before. Some people were like complaining they thought that the the reactions in the clouds were were too much, and I'm like, dude, I don't think they're enough. Especially in, or maybe in, maybe in a you know small right. cloud, but in a thunderstorm, they could use a little bit more of a a boost. We have a lot of people again that are you know we're talking 20 years used to a certain feel of the simulator, and we're all going to have to realize that. Once these physics and dynamics get perfected, they're never going to feel like X-Plane 11 or FSX or P3D version, whatever. They're never going to feel like that again. Yeah, that's because the once past. You yeah, when you implement these new systems, it's going to feel funny. Right now, it may feel funny because part of it's wrong and part of it's new. But eventually, the part that's wrong is going to be made right, and it's still going to feel weird. So... Uh, the reaction with the clouds as well. It 
for some people it's like oh this is too much and it's like come to florida and fly in a thunderstorm uh-oh and you know in a summer afternoon in florida and then tell me that little wiggle wag of your of your wing back and forth yeah, and you sort be... of spill your no the, the coca-cola would be on the side your head would be on the other side the nose would be pointing down to the ground your wings would be ready to snap off hmm. we have some really really bad so it would be like flying with a keyboard right <laughs> kind of i think it'd be like having, having the cat walk across my keyboard which she just kind of tiptoed while you were talking cookie and i'm like well if i die i'm just gonna go hot before i disconnect so that you guys would know <coughs> excuse me what i was talking about yeah, i think oh, i found the website where i can pre-order it oh, nice. nice they well, said that they said that it will uh, likely arrive in early 2021 what is the price that they are see oh, i think so they're they're selling it for um let's see check out with paypal um, so I mean, if you want to share uh, the link in yeah, the uh, text, so other people, yeah, I'll, I'll do it. Yeah, it, they're selling interested. it for they're, they're selling it for a normal price, two fifty. That's nice. nice. I think, I think, yeah, I think new orders definitely. I would expect if you haven't been in a sort of queue by now, that yeah, mm -hmm. I wouldn't be surprised at all if it was. Yeah, that sounds yeah. about right. Two so I think I'm on the road. Go ahead and get it and wait. Yeah, I can't wait for it. I, I that's another thing to me that I'm using the keyboard for the throttles. Yeah, and sometimes I have to go. It's a pain. Yeah, it is. I'm having you to you need, know move the. You kind of need a throttle and you a yoke. You need to physically be able to feel, have a sense of where your hand is in the range of motion that you don't have to use you know keys on your yoke or or whatever to look down at your throttles and you know it's just going to be great to. It's going to be, I think, for me, I think it's going to be a similar effect that it was once I had that the yoke, that it's just going to revolutionize the feeling of flying simply yeah. because you have physical, tactile, you know, things that you can feel and look at without having to fumble for keys or, you know, uh, which button combination to see which thing or zoom wheel and all that stuff. It's going to be so much more instinctive to just literally glance over to my right and i can see where that throttle is otherwise like i'm doing now i'm flying an external view so a i can see the scenery but it also gives me a little bit of a so i don't have to look down as much in the cockpit so i'll go in the cockpit and for a little while but then for me i don't know why i don't like looking away from the view too long i guess that's you know, from the horror days of flying with the keyboard, if you looked away for 10 seconds, you look back oh. and your attitude was some ridiculous, oh, I'm three quarters upside down or, you know, something was out of the whack. So all those years of that, I don't like take like completely taking my eyes off of something that gives me an idea of my orientation. Although with the glass cockpits, it's much easier. I used to fly with the old gauges all the time. So you didn't necessarily have that as much. You could see the terrain despite being in clouds or whatever. So when I have to look down or press a key command to like I'm doing now to look at the central quadrant, if I'm not paying attention to the glass, I'm like, no clue what's going on with the plane. Although having a yoke in front of you, again, physically, you also can physically see that you haven't bumped it or turned it or whatever. So the same aspect, having a throttle quadrant where I can look over and see where the mixture is, not 
not remember what the percentage is, have to hit a key command, look down, move the mouse to hover over it, and then it tells me what the percentage is. I could just look over and go, it's in the middle. That, I just, I can't wait. I can't wait. So or I think it's going to totally change. Pilot. <laughs> well, yeah, I try, I try not to do it as much. I don't know why. That Maybe it's, it's a holdover from the old days. I figured I was already such a terrible pilot that I should try to hand fly instead of using the autopilot. You know, you have friends that are like, oh, dude, you use the autopilot because you suck. You know what I mean? So I had that old habit from there as well that I wasn't that that great. Okay. or I was. Yeah, can uh, I, yeah, I can understand certain aspects of flying with an autopilot, especially with bush flying and flying general aviation, how it's not really what it's meant to be. I mean, don't get me wrong. You can use the autopilot when you're, you know, you're doing big flights and so on, but... Yeah, it's, oh, you need to. It's yeah. really made for you to have the plane in your hands and fly it. Yeah. So really that I can understand. Quiet. But if you're doing a flight where, you know, if you look somewhere else five seconds and you're upside down. Oh yeah, I, I've exaggerated. I mean, maybe, you know, maybe you're, maybe you've drifted quite a bit to the right very slowly that you didn't realize it because you're kind of looking around the cockpit and you're fumbling with the keyboard and the mouse wheel and it's just going to be great to like especially on landing, because a lot of times I have to look off to the left, make sure I'm pressing, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm slowing down the throttle, and I'm looking off to the side when I'm landing, and it's right before you're touching down, and you want to really have your speed perfect, and it'll just be so great to feel in my hand where physically on that arc of movement that throttle is. I don't need to look. I know where it is. You know what I'm saying? I don't need to, to, to move the, the cockpit in some manner that yeah. gives me a better view i will actually be able to feel it similar with the yoke that i actually can feel in my hands you know what attitude i should be at not just well tap you know the left arrow tap the right arrow tap the up tap the down that whole you know it just was it, it was really not fun it was fun but at first it was, yeah it's very frustrating and you just had to kind of overlook the shortcomings that you that you couldn't achieve with it, so you just kind of overlook it. Yeah, I landed in the grass, or I sort of landed, but I, I kind of went off, and literally, you were just happy you landed. But now it's a, just a totally different. Well, uh, you're still happy that you landed, just that now you can do it very nicely. Yeah, like yeah, like I'm not, uh, you know, my last thirty seconds of life. You know, <laughs> got a oh, few man. little airports coming up right here. I wonder if I'm. I could. Uh, so you've already descend. passed Mount Hood. Yes, where are you guys? Are you, oh, you're well, still. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to descend. Because I'm about to, do, to turn from Mount Hood to go. Uh, see that now. So I, there's a few small, few yeah. small uh, airports here. I might try to do a quickie little landing while you guys. Uh, although I'm very high, so that may not be the uh, well yeah, best plan. Thousand. Yeah, too high. Well, I'm at oh, either way, 14. I can divert and go over and have a look. Thousand. See what they look like. Ooh. <laughs> yeah, that wow. sounds like me. Yeah. About the explosion at the bottom. Yeah. <laughs> at the end. Bang. Yeah, uh, yes. It's a little bit uh, late in Germany already. But oh, I no. finish my flight. Excellent. Yeah, I, I could, could guess if it's, you know... It's you know, I, I gotta say, I, I, we really, really appreciate all of the people that are. Wait, it must be 3 a.m. for him. Yeah, exactly. Outside of our time zone, and here they are yes, spending 
spending time with us. Yeah, thank, thanks for joining. Because really it. it's it's amazing that that's people are. I just I just, I just cat, love cat. this community. Cat warning! Cat warning! Down! Down! Don't do it! <laughs> Sorry, let me interrupt. Cat, cat. Let's watch no. for weird behavior. <laughs> by by the way, um, one thing I find interesting in the game, you know what it is. You know that many, like, that the windows have many scratches and stuff, and they look used like supposed to be in, in real life, right? Yes. Uh, but I don't know what it, like, for small details, like, sometimes, like, throttle or certain buttons that pilots press in a cockpit, why they didn't add this oh, up to not. it, right? I think that we've, so had, a discussion. Used. we've had a discussion about that. Cookie and I, we have a slightly differing opinion on it. I thought that in the past, they never bothered to put in-op. You just put your mouse over it and it didn't do anything. To me, the fact that they took the time to put in-op, it's almost like a place marker that I think some of those things, they're going to come back to. Well, no, I mean, I'm, don't... Uh, uh, I'm I confused don't mean, with... Uh, yeah, yeah, sorry. I don't... Uh, maybe I, my English no, is I, just I, dying I, at this time. No, I'm um, cat me so i might have misheard you go so, ahead uh i mean because like the windows have these scratches right that look used like oh, from a yes. used plane but why didn't they go with this theme all over oh, like the cockpit for example yeah, that was kind of weird i said that before as well i said you've got the scratches on the window but the outside they look pristine yeah so i was a little it's got to be well maintained or they have some plans for later which they're not yet really True. revealing you know, just like they said, right. there are some secrets. You know, if you yeah, surprises. I love the used look in plans, I've got to be honest. And I'm, and I'm also really happy, like, for the future when it's going to be old planes, you know, old airliners with these really old engines and uh, old yeah. instruments. Float planes, I want the, balloons uh, at 400 knots, gliders, the yeah. helicopters. Canada. I, I want the super constellation. I want the strato cruiser. Oh, I know someone who's World War II, uh, like plane fanatic. He would love that stuff. You know why I like those planes? Again, those older prop liners were easier to control. So where I wouldn't be able to control a 737 too well, but I wanted to fly something larger, I literally would do like the Electra or super constellation it was slightly easier to control than you know 767 or something so um kind of diverted here a little bit trying to land but i'm too high so we'll yeah. see if i can go to eagle's nest which is off to the left see if i can get myself configured properly that's just all that all that rubbish i spoke about oh yeah the yoke makes me a much better pilot now you'll <laughs> see uh I mean, lies. there's still all, all the lies. planning, and that that can't be used yeah. with yoke. I don't know. That's <laughs> the part that uh, can still. Although I'm doing pretty good. I mean, I probably would have been dead by now with the keyboard for sure. Overspeed into trees. Well, you would that have had to learn the autopilot for that for sure. It's my favorite pastime: overspeeding into trees. Oh yeah, must be hell of a fun. Yeah, I'm still too fast though. Are you trying to quite... land at like Portland International or Country no, Square? Eagle, a little one called Eagle Nest. Um, it's just a little oh. airstrip. 
see on the VFR map, but it looks like it's a grass strip, and I am probably nowhere near. That's Oof. Eagle Nest. No. Yeah. no, I don't think I can do that. So let's uh, let's change our mind on that because I'm too fast, and it's a nice little, very basic, uh, yeah, grass grass strip. I like those. By the way, I discovered a, a bush flying site. I think it's Bush League. Yeah, look that up. That was brilliant. They had some great little airports there, and it's it's like a complete group of yeah. I mean, I did come across these guys a few times. So if you're so like well a, done, yeah, a bush flying person in the sense that you can't live without having your weekly bush fly uh, flight, then that is probably one of the places you want to hang out at. Absolutely. It was, I'm sitting here and look and see if I can. Like uh, they have all their liveries, uh, lots of information, where to go, the places that you might not know. Uh, yep. The privately owned. Cool looking merch. Got some cool looking merch there. I like their logo. It's really nice. Yeah, they seem to be doing a lot of. Uh, of Bush work, League so. Legends is the name, by the way. Interesting. Let me try to pull back here and see where you are. Can't quite tell where you are, but I'm sort of circling back and about. And I took a big diversion there, so let me head on back. Wow, I'm low. Oof. Went well, from 10,000 to 1,000. Yeah, and I'm Just going down as well slowly. I know. Yeah, I'm coming back to the line. Where are y'all? Big uh, Sky Ranch up there. Well, we're 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 a little behind you, but we're slowly on our way. That's for sure. Wow, I see yeah, the at like fourteen thousand six hundred feet. <laughs> Someone's high in the air. I mean, the diamond is amazing for that. Yeah, I haven't explored enough of the other aircraft. Been tinkering tinkering around in the few that I really really enjoy and. It's there's what so much think? stuff left to do. There's landing challenges, the bush trips, the activities. I literally have not done enough of them. I can't wait. I got vacation coming in November, and I think I'm going to spend it uh, discovering things that I haven't even really attempted very much to do in the simulator because I've been busy and you know there's just so much to do. You you, you don't know how to make the time for it. And I know, Cookie, you're super busy at the moment, so yeah, well, it's more important. Is, this is my than... first flight. Of, like, it's been six days at least since I've touched the simulator. Wow. Yeah. So it's uh, it's good to to enjoy those visuals and and fly yeah, the planes all again. symptoms. Yeah, and I'm, I'm just like an Ingo plane is following me pretty closely. It's pretty cool. Oh, and that's nice. Yeah, that actually. Place. Well, he's flying um, an, an extra 300, and uh, the extra 300 is is one of those planes which. So I I got some first exposure with Flight Simulator in quite an unusual way. Whoa, it's going all the way down. Uh, I I started with. It's not really flight simulation, but it was RC flight simulation. So. When you go RC, you go small plane, and so it was it was this little thing, kind of like a simulator, but it's not really all around the world. 
um, and it was made for people to practice flying from a perspective-based uh, point of view. So you'd be on the ground static and you would only rotate on yourself. And so you would try to fly this little RC plane that, that was, so it was, it was called real flight and I was on the version G4 back then. So that was like, I don't know how many years ago now. And it was a very difficult challenge because you're standing there, your plane can go away, but as soon as it needs to come back, all your controls are inverted. And that is not an easy thing to do with a small lightweight plane that can that can easily turn around to do a looping and all that kind of stuff. So that was my really my first experience with with flight simming in a in a weird way I I have to say. Then of course FSX I like instantly got that in afterwards. And that was probably ten times better. Just from the different my, points of view I started honestly. I just wanted a I wanted a PC back in the day and yeah, I saw the, the box. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, the box like wow you can fly all over the world look at those triangles for mountains and the rectangles standing on their end as a skyscraper and but you know oh your imagination God, back look then, at this rectangle it's a runway <laughs> oh yeah. man yeah. it first one was simulator 95 wow i think mine was 95 mine was flight simulator 95 well then look at today right <laughs> yeah you're looking at this now and you're like if you would have told me then Someday you're going to see this, and it's like, good dude, come on, you're lying. That's a movie. You're playing a movie. That's not a game. That's not a simulator. So, well, yeah, it's amazing. You know, sometimes I do this with you, Farrell. I just send you a screenshot, but it looks yep. like it's reality. Yep. I and, can't tell. I'm... And I'm sure some people do this at home, right? They're, they they have this one picture, which looks really good, and then you want to trick, you know, your family, your friends, and so you send them the picture and you tell them, hey, look, uh, there's... And so you try to add a little description that would make it sound like if it was a real, real. thing. Yeah. And then you wait to see the reaction. And they're like, oh, wow, yeah, okay. And, you know, they, they just comment on it. But they actually totally gobble it up that it's true, that it looks like it's a, a, a real picture. I, I yep. did that with the A320 uh, quite a bit because my family is a lot into aviation. So it's not easy to trick them, but I did it once or twice, and it was very rewarding, honestly. It was just a lot of fun. To... Have you shown them while you're actually using the simulator? Have they come over and kind of watched you? Yeah, yeah. What, what, are, what, are their, what was their first impression? I'm curious. Honestly, what did they think? Well, we, well, I'm French, so, of course, going to the Alps, the French Alps was the first thing to yeah. do. And... Well, you know, at the very beginning of the simulator, the Alps were not 100% amazing, but okay. we could follow the road, know exactly which turn to take. You could recognize it very well. Then we followed everything. We followed this little river, uh, and then we ended up in the place. Literally, okay, if you turn right here, you're literally at the place and there was even a tree right where there was supposed to be a tree in the middle of a field so oh, wow. the accuracy was there it was definitely not exactly perfect but it was definitely recognizable like the the building they put in instead of the chalet was not exactly what i would describe as one but 
other houses around did look like a chalet enough to be considered one so that was fine um the trees were there um honestly the satellite imagery wasn't so bad i'd say the worst part was probably back then because now it's been fixed uh, most of the mountains the top edge would be uh very you know rough <clears throat> essentially the texture yeah. was very low quality the polygons were also very visible Sometimes there were some angles that probably shouldn't be there. So there was all these things. So it was a little difficult to manage, uh, especially flying and watching. Uh, but, you know, there was a, a lot of uh, a lot of, of great scenery to look at. So, yeah, they were pretty impressed by that because we could recognize everything. And like if we were in a car, you know, you, you go there and you go right. And, yeah, here's the tennis courts, for example. And you continue down the village, and yeah, this is where uh, you'd buy this, this is where you see this person, and so on. So it was really quite familiar. So that, that told me a lot of details are present in the simulator, and it's just a matter of refining those details. Yeah. As these world updates come in, those things are going to get... I'm very interested to see what this uh, U.S. world update is going to be like. I wonder, obviously... Uh, going to be a question just data. before that. Did you guys land exactly. at the uh, Portland International? Or yeah, did you just, just do a touch actually, and go? Actually, we have one that's further ahead. Yeah, yeah, uh, I know. Kilo, Kilo, uh, I know you guys are Lima, further ahead, but I wanted to know if you guys at least enjoyed. Uh, I didn't land it. I, I was uh, sort of doing what I usually do, gawking around. Wow, look at this. Look at that. And I'm like, oh, I'm too high to land. What a surprise. It's the story of my life. So yeah. I said, oh, we're continuing up the river. So I'll just I'll just keep going up the river here. Because you guys but, are um, ahead, so I would have been expecting yeah. you guys to have a bit of fun with the should air. Should have, should have, should have. Going way too fast. Not, I'm trying to, you know, manage it a little bit. and. I'll do a low-altitude flyby. And this, this, uh, the caravan really likes to go, and it doesn't really like to slow down. So you have to really, really yeah. force it. A bit to slow down it's really powerful so um that's true but uh to answer your question about the us updates um, yeah and i know i might be repeating a bit myself here but in the the live q a that we had about a month ago um they were pretty clear about it we were talking about the japan update back then and it was a good update they had a i think it was a three meter resolution um and they were pretty happy about it. They had a lot of details. It was pretty neat. And, well, they said the next one is going to be the latest one, which is going to be for us the United States. So it's the, that's the next step. Uh, and part of that was saying, without saying it, that it was subtle, but it, he did say it would be more resolution. By saying yeah. it would be more resolution, we now know that's going to be a lot more than just three meters. So... We can already kind of guesstimate a bit what's going to happen in, in that scale. But because it's the U.S., because they have a crap load of satellites above there, wow. they can probably get very, very accurate data. And I'm sure they decided at some point to say, okay, we need to do the U.S., not because it was the most flown around place, because there's a lot of people that live in the U.S. There's a crap load of airports here as well. Um, I think it's also because they wanted to prioritize other areas first because, well, you have to prioritize everything into a list. 
And at some point, it can't just be the place where everyone flies. It's also because you need to show that you're also caring for other places where people fly. Uh, and, you know, they know who's buying the sim, so they know where people fly. They know all this data. And so part of that must have been making sure that other places around the world, uh, you know, fixing London, uh, Europe, Asia. Uh, and, I mean, you go in some of those places now, they're amazing. So U.S. now they probably want to get some more detail into it. So honestly, that's what well, I think Jörg, about it. Yeah, Jörg said that he has a love for Africa and South America, and they're going to really work on also bringing those up. So it's not just going to be like a, you know, an American uh, attention yeah. to detail there. Well, but um, that's the amazing part. It's uh, it's an American company with French developers working with Black Shark AI. To create, you know, new building types for Japan, and I don't know if they're gonna have some for for North America, but it's it's all about these things, and that's really it's really crazy to see all this information. Family, I mean, you think about it. Look at all of the people that they've got partnered together to make this one thing, you know, achieve what it's achieving. It's not. Uh, it's definitely a group effort. Yeah. With you know these different expertise brought together in order to um this bridge opens up here. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty cool, huh? Yeah, going flying right through it. That was yep. a little scary for a sec. I thought I was gonna hit an invisible wall. Uh, you, you never I'm up know. Ahead. Some of the grass areas on in this middle of this river are quite nicely done. Actually Details I was really looking at the sides. And of course, now I'm coming across an area that is definitely not right. But the the riverbanks before this bridge, which now is totally, yeah, okay. Uh, it's on purpose. At the moment, I want to compliment the sides, like the the riverbanks that were, that looked really good. Now it's like the commentator's curse. Yeah. <laughs> of course, it has oh. to happen now. Of course. Of course. Well, you'll get a little bit further ahead where I am, and it's just right up the middle of the river. Kind of uh, off to the to the right, and it's just really nice farmland and and the, the way the trees are laid out and looks quite convincing. Yeah, I'm down by the the water, I'm trying to see if I, I can get another bank. to a sunset right now, and it's gorgeous. Oh wow! Yeah, especially with this um, with this area, you have some mountain ranges all around. It, it can be definitely uh, quite a sight. Hey, an Ingo plane is, is following me. Huh. Hey there, nice. guys. He's good. He's always well, in his extra. He's going to end up... Honestly, uh, he's in the good plane. I love the extra so much. You're, 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 like, you're in the good plane, dude. <laughs> I'm not the one who's supposed to fly so low to, to the water. Yeah. It's fun, though. Yeah, but you're in, you're, a caravan's uh, meant to go in a lot of interesting... You know, small and and wild and backcountry places. So you can do a lot of things in a caravan. Yeah, I think it was you who who uh, who sent that. It was this thing about uh, the caravan being kind of this bush plane without being one officially, where it'd be very rugged and carry a lot of capacity in a very small takeoff distance. Yeah, that stall characteristic, and it's able to. You know, it does well in, in high altitude. I think its ceiling is like 25,000 feet, so you can get over most of... I mean, literally, you can get over the Andes. So the only thing you really can't get over is the, the Himalayas. 
Yeah. But otherwise, I mean, anywhere else. In I don't think you, you want can... to fly the Himalayans with this little thing. Oh, just wait. I have a, I have a route planned. That's. Uh... Of course. <laughs> yeah. A little of death defying. So we'll... Yeah. Well, I maybe you should. Little... Uh, we should try that fly one. it, like test fly it before, because if we oh, can't yeah. fly it, that would be kind of awkward. My excellent pilot piloting skills. I only discovered this area. Because I went 180 degrees the wrong direction. I thought that I was heading up this valley towards some of the tallest mountains in the world, but they need a little bit more data for like K2 and Gashabroom and there's right. four, yeah. four peaks there that are four of the uh, 14 8,000 meter mountains in the world. And I wanted to take a trek up there out of Skardu and I went the wrong way. So I'm flying, I'm flying, I'm flying. I'm not paying attention. I'm like, wow, because the scenery was amazing. The mountains were so close on either side. There were times when I thought, am I going to get over this little escarpment or am I going to have to somehow make a hairpin turn, you know, squashed between these mountains. So uh, as it started to clear, I'm like, well, there's not supposed to be a a clearing here yet. I'm supposed to. And then I looked, I'm like, did you went completely the wrong way? But it looked so fantastic that that you get lost for an into hour, your for an hour going yeah trying to find your way through the um through these valleys that just it was absolutely incredible so i'm I, there are some there are some airports there like airstrips i should say so i'm just looking to see if i can extend that flight out a little bit and it will be one of the ones that will that will do because it looks absolutely amazing and i did have to use the caravan so well you know you told about you flying VFR, and I tried it, but you know VFR is not easy if you're not ready for it. What I mean by that is, if if you didn't do your your proper preparation before, and you just close your VFR map, close the little nav map, so you don't have like a GPS, and it's just yourself with a visual navigation, like VFR yep. supposed to be. Dang, it's not easy. No, I used to literally use a paper atlas. I had an atlas. I would just open this atlas up, and the only thing I would I would allow myself to use was the shift Z in the old the simulators, where it would show you the coordinates. And as long as those coordinates were increasing or decreasing in a manner that I thought was okay, that's going to get me there eventually. I, I literally would try not even to use like the header. You know what I mean? I, I'd like kind of ignore the heading as far as looking at the dial and just kind of look outside. And of course, back then, again, I told you I always flew by the water because there was just no way in the world you were going to yeah, be able to navigate. Were not yeah. No, only the water. Well. Only water in some of the islands. You'd have like a little island that, oh, that's supposed to be this one. Because you could just kind of tell the way that the land sort of would follow the contour of the coast in a way that, thus my name, Far Isle Pilot, that's how it happened is I could only fly these planes, plus I'm using a keyboard, so I was forced to fly in this manner because I couldn't fly you know, jets properly. I could fly them, I couldn't land them. So the landings would always be a mess, and let's face it, after you've flown for four hours, you don't want to you know, crash or do something stupid on the landing, so that drove me to this. Not being able to figure out where I was drove me to the water, and then realizing that islands gave me better clues then even the coastline that drove me to or reminded me of when I was a kid and I, I would seek out all these islands all the time as a kid. And I just kind of remembered, I'm like, 
well, that's what I'll do. I'll just I'll fly near water. And that way I can sort of figure out where I am and where I want to go. And But now this is just completely different. So I have to learn. I have to learn everything as if I'm starting over almost because literally I just flew like I'm flying now. If I turned that VFR map off, you know, and I knew, oh, the airport's basically dead ahead. Just go there until you see it and circle and land. So now it's like, well, how do you use all of these, you know, the, everything that the G1000 has to offer right now? I know it's not, you know, fully modeled, but yeah. eventually it will get a lot better. I think, like you said before, I think they sort of made it sound like, well, in the beginning, we didn't really think that it was so important that the G1000 was too much more flushed out than it is. But the feedback that they got, because they were just going to leave it to third party. You know, we've given you a rudimentary version of it, and we're leaving room for all of our third-party people to, you know, come along and fill that gap. But they realize there's still a need to bring the default aircraft and systems up to a – I mean, they have to be up to at least FSX level of detail and accuracy. Uh, Obviously, we want the detail and the accuracy now to be more commensurate with a next-gen simulator. And I think after a very short period of time, they realize, you know what, we have to do this. And I think they will. But literally, I'm, when I find the time, I have so much to learn that I never used any of these things the way I flew before because it just didn't make sense for me. I'd spend all my time trying to mess with the systems and look out, and I'm like, well, where are you? You can't recognize where you are. Now, you know, FS9 and, and FSX, they did have a little bit of, you know, highways, sort of gray, yeah. you know, gray lines on the ground. You're like, oh, that must be... You know, I-95 must be, you know, Route 10 or something, but it it wasn't, obviously it's not like this. So now it's, I have the proper inspiration to actually learn to fly in other ways and learn to fly more professionally this way. Although the bush, the bush flying is still going to be the thing I love the best. You just jump in the plane, you fly around whatever objective or scenery or whatever. Good luck for the Himalayans, because uh, that's going to oh, be a tough that, one. Yeah, that, I have to admit the VFR the VFR map here really helped because with the uh, Isoline map turned on, you could kind of see the valleys and yeah, look this map is well. I kind of need that. to prepare myself to go, you know, this way, that way, whatever. So it's like, well, now I'm starting to get a little bit close here. So yeah, I see you're not far. Oh. I love the you way when you put the flaps on in altitude, Cessna, you though. just shoot straight up in the air. It's amazing. We can see your lights now for the first time in the whole flight. Oh my God. Normally, I'm the one that's so far behind that, you know, I arrive on like Friday morning after a Thursday night flight. It's like <laughs> so weird oh, to be in the on. front. Like, what's going on here? So, yeah, and there's a lot of people that, there's a big group of people that have flown exactly our route in front of us and behind us. I can see a bunch of people in front of us that are basically going to this airport as well, I think. So There's whether they everything. intended or didn't, it's it's kind of like they're here, which is really cool. Yeah, it's kind of I never regardless. Re- yeah, no, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Dude. I never realized how much fun multiplayer would be because I thought it was so terrible that there was no real point in messing with multiplayer very much because... You know, quite frankly, I wasn't a good enough pilot. Oh, true. You know what I mean? So to be honest, this is the first time 
when this came out, altitude, I really flew though. multiplayer, and now I love it because it like gives you that feeling of of life, and and you know, there's other people around, there's people to talk to, and it's just got that that feeling of a living world around you. And the multiplayer is fun. I know it's got bugs, but really fun. And now you have the controller to do formation flights. Oh, oh for <laughs> I don't know about form. When I have the throttle, you see, when I have the throttle, I think I'll be able to give that a practice because I'll be able to pay attention to my view and not have to be looking around and, like I said, searching. Oh, what number is the throttle? Is it two? Is it control two? Is it? You know, that that always gave me a little bit of grief. So it's going to be really fun when that comes. I can't wait. Sorry if I'm talking a little bit loud. I realize I'm flying outside and it's it's noisy. So uh, you the only issue with the extra 4, 300 is it has no flaps, and oh. you have to come in really fast. Oh yeah, that's going to be scary. Yeah, uh, Farrell, you're still at 4,000 almost. Yeah, I know. I need to go. I'm trying to descend, but thing doesn't want to doesn't want to let me down here. I'm trying. I got my nose down a little bit now. I just don't want to pick up too much speed, so let me bring that way back. I don't know the elevation of the airport. Another uh, something I should have checked before I. Uh, 18 feet. Off. Oh. <laughs> I don't think you have much to worry about. No, it's just going to crash and burn anyway. Oh, <laughs> uh, come on. Nah, I'm going out a little bit here to try to bleed off because I can't. Until I get those rudder pedals, you can't really side slip, at least not with the honeycomb yoke, because of the way the sensitivity of the rudder and the way the the switches on the. I mean, I'm glad they're there. Obviously, it's it's not meant to really take the place of <clears throat> pedals, but in the meantime, trying to learn how to side slip, forward slip, whatever you want to call it, properly. Um, can't really do it too great, so. so what am I at now? Oof. I got an awful lot of altitude to lose, don't I? Yeah. We'll yeah, we'll see. Let's see how this turns out. Oh, we could just kind of... Ah, that's the airport right there. Force my way down a little bit here. It's kind of difficult to see that airport at first. Yeah. I'm grateful for the symbol on the VFR map that I can... Oh, sort. yeah. You know, get get yourself lined up a little bit. Also, the, to... the lights, the puppy lights. Yes. And, yeah, they help. Uh... Well, I'm a little bit too far to the right now. Well, actually, no, those are the runway. Okay. And oh, the blinking at the end. Let's see. I don't know how this is going to go. I'm getting a little bit of turbulence from the uh, <clears throat> from this hill. Yeah, it's pushing me off a little bit. I was a little bit too far to the right. Pushing me a little bit to the left. And the light. Oh. Yeah, there's uh... yeah, getting a lot of... Oof. This might be a, bit of a, a grim happening here. <laughs> But if I was with a keyboard, I'd already be dead. So let's take it that way. I bought myself an extra three minutes here. For sure, well, yeah, with the keyboard, I'd be, either be, with us. I'd be in the water in the left, the water in the front. Oof. The building to the right. Yeah, this is really bouncing around. I'm having a 
heck of a time here trying to and see i have to look away to make sure i'm hitting that the throttle correctly nice see that's how you do it see how he's see how ingo's doing it i'm not down yet oh no don't land on the threshold oh i didn't good okay oi 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 well you know you I'll got do... you got some runway lengths you don't have to yeah, land on the threshold I bounced a little bit. Sorry about that, guys. But I'm down. I'm alive. And I'm... Wow, I'm actually... Oh, no. I don't want to hit Ingo. No, no. <laughs> you don't want to... Get out of his way. So let's see. I'm just going to try to slow down and take this first taxiway. Wow, guys. I'm usually the very dead last person. Oops. Ooh, that Whoa. came to a bit of a stop. Wow. Sorry about that, Ingo. <laughs> no, it's okay. I think I'm, you yeah. disappeared, so I don't know where you are. Yeah, I, I'm right by you. I, it came to such an abrupt stop. I wasn't expecting the brakes to work that well. Well, uh, take a straight, then a left, guys. Oh, the rudder's a little bit slow to take navigate here. Sorry, buddy. I'm trying. Here we go. I'm yeah, real close. Me, I'm trying not to hit the, the grass. We, can, we have this whole parking thing for ourselves, so... Okay. Wow, it's kind of cute. You have this little... <laughs> little convoy? <laughs> Not only that, but then you have this little, uh, uh, like, airport utility vehicle. Like the ones that car that bring cargo into the commercial planes. And yeah. uh, <laughs> this little one's just not moving scene. All of us. Let's try not to hit far aisle. Yeah, because yeah, <laughs> the taxi are from hell. So we are don't quite a big. Uh, I mean, the caravan's a big plane to begin with. Let me uh, see if I can. Wow. Okay, those gears did. Yeah, really it, it's well. a bit of a hog trying to turn. It's a little bit of a a porker. Oh, there we go. You got to do your nose thing. You go up on your. <laughs> it's an Ingo special. It's actually used to push. There you go. To, to push myself back from the grass. It wouldn't be a, a bush flight without going in the grass at least once. Right. It'd be nice if I could actually turn around and face the other way, right? Yeah, the the flight took an hour and forty five minutes, and I spent two hours trying to get <laughs> oriented on the ground. I can't wait wow. for those. My engine pedals be great. I can't wait. Well, you know, honestly, that was a pretty good flight. Was why is my engine? Hmm. I think I'm on this part. Oh, there he is. <laughs> Jane gets a kick out of you. Man, I don't care. When you're in the the community flying. Let me see what it looks like from this angle. Yeah, I think I'm going to park it right here. Why not? Park I'm good. Wherever you want. And we still have a few people that are still coming in. We do. Yeah. Look at that. Some of us may have flown a little quicker. I I didn't mean to. I For a change, uh, I... I wasn't pointing you specifically, <laughs> but just like our little group was a little ahead. Like It was kind of like a, a big spread between... Those at the front, those in the middle, those at the back, kind of thing. Yep. 
I don't even know how many people we had. There's so many other people in the sky right now. I agree with that. It is very difficult to figure out. We had a large group of people in the front and with us, but we all seem to be going the same flight path, which is kind of amazing if you think about it. For a coincidence, it's that's pretty, pretty, pretty coincidental. Yeah, I agree with that. It's uh, well, I mean, at the same time, where it's quite a, we're quite a bunch. It was pretty nice. <clears throat> I had no uh, issues uh, with the. Uh, I didn't have any stuttering or anything, so. Yeah, luckily, um, we knew there would there would be a possible crash to desktop if we went too close to Seattle, so we kind of stayed away from that through the flight plan, and. Uh, well, luckily, because <laughs> Simtom and Jane did not have that luck when they did their flight. Actually, they did not. Hey, Smooth Jungle. Oh, nice. Did you turn around? <clears throat> here. Somebody just showed up, but they're like melding into all of us. Yeah. I like the slow lamp strip because it's. Uh... I do too. It's cute and small, but still has some space and a, and a long runway. Like, and... It's quite nice. It's like spacious while not being like an international airport. If you see what I mean. I like all these. Yeah, I, I, I tend to enjoy the smaller airstrips and airports more. I have no idea why. It might just be the, you know, the mode of my flying, but I really like it. So I'm going to go hunt down some of those uh, Bush League uh, strips okay. that they've got add those to the sim and go flying around Idaho and yeah, we'll do all those down there who's trying to land. Yep, be a lot of fun. Yeah, this was a nice flight today. Yeah, Beautiful that was. Stuff. We had a lot of stuff that we talked about and have to figure out where we're going next. It's a toss up in my mind. It's uh well, it could, it could be could be anything, honestly. It could be anything. Could be the Himalayans that we talked about. It could be. I know you have quite a few plans, so I kind of don't yeah. want want to rush the decision because of that. Right. I know you yeah, have I a lot of things. Yeah, I need to research. I like to have a look around and make sure that uh, everything is copacetic and it'll be enjoyable for everybody. And uh, so I got a little bit of research to do this weekend, and I'll I'll pick one out. We got maybe maybe ten of them to choose from right now. I try to you know put in. Three or four a week there, so that uh, I've always got someplace new. And if we haven't got to your area, we will. Believe me, because uh, I'm trying to go to all four corners of the earth, and uh, I don't want to leave anybody out. So we've got Australia, we've got South America, we've got Southeast Asia. Oh God! Got... Look who's coming up. Oh, let me see. Sorry, Joe. Uh, look on the other side from where we took, uh, from where we landed, opposite from where we landed. There's just. Uh... Wow, look at that. Yeah. Squinty. Wow. Holy and shit. And low. Oh. Well, that is big, and my my drone rotation speed is way too slow for this. But holy crap! Yeah, I'm on keyboard for that. Wait, is he actually landing properly? <laughs> Close. What? I think he ran off the runway by like a foot and a half. Mm, yeah, by well, by a plane length, we could call that. That's a yeah. they all live news story. That's a good one. But that's uh, that's not a bad substitution plane 
Impressive. Well, we, we know the nose, of course. Nose are very pointy, which is why we know it's definitely not a plane. But here's the A380 version. If you guys are ever interested. Oh, yeah, I've a, seen that. That's a double-decker <laughs> right there. And it's a nice color as well, I have to say. Got my Florida oranges there. <laughs> I'm glad true. that they at least included models exterior anyway for other planes that aren't yeah. flyable. I like seeing those things around. Yeah. yeah I really like this airport. That must be probably a Dreamliner or something because I do not have uh, myself the Premium Deluxe. So I don't either. Do and yet, taxi, taxiing that thing. Wow. On these little taxiways. I want to see the little pushback guy. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> oh Push man! The... If there was a pushback guy. He's uh... using his reversers. Have him wave somebody on, you know. I think though, can you imagine three or four of them come over and they're trying to push it? That would be funny. Oh man, tell me this guy's not taking off. Tell me he's not taking off. He dropped off the mail. Now he's got other places to go, people to see. (laughs) Yeah, I can't wait for for taxi though. When the throttle quadrant comes, I'm going to try the. That's another thing that's really oh, cool. Oh, wait. Maybe, maybe he's showing up like that for you because it's a custom library. On my screen, is a 747 with an Air Force One library. Oh, oh that's wow. why. I've noticed that if you don't have the libraries, it'll sometimes sub out the entire plane. Oh, really? It, it happens to me a lot, yeah. I've noticed, like, if I use a library other people don't have on a stream... I'll show up as some random aircraft. Oh, that's right. Remember one time you you had your you had yeah. your pizza livery and you you were I think in an icon and I think to me you were a baron. Yep. Yeah, so. I remember that. Okay. Yeah, that's probably why. Air Force One with inverted graphics on this side. <laughs> oh, little cheese. As, like, as you do. Yeah, of course, right? As you, as you do. What's that gray? Just looking at everybody's uh, nicknames here. Uh, and... Wow. That's, yeah. That's taking up space, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, well. Yeah. And there we go. Okay. Well, that's that was actually really nice. It was. To watch that kind of plane just land at such a small airport. Because uh, let me remind you, like, this, this runway is 4,000... 385 feet, so it is not that big. No. Yeah. I love the environmental, crazy. the way the environmental sounds are. They're awesome. Yeah, this guy, this guy is not. <laughs> no, he went on the road. Oh, well. I don't think cars will mind. There's not a lot. No. Okay. Well, uh, I want to thank everyone who's been with us um, because Me? we've reached. Uh, well, 50 follows on the Twitch, which is pretty nice of you guys. I know there is hundreds of you, um, between at least 400 to 600 that are listening to those uh, podcasts. So I want to thank you guys for your support, for being with us, for flying with us, for asking us questions. Um, we're getting some nice messages for some people as well. So it it is really nice to uh, to enjoy the community and be with the community and be part of that 
Um, so thank you guys. That was really a lot of fun for this flight as well. Um, we do this every Thursday, 7 p.m. Eastern time, 2300 uh, uh, UTC. I don't know why I keep saying thousand. Uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah, we, we do this every Thursday. So join us next time. We don't know what we're going to do. Let's call it a mystery uh, flight because uh, there's just so many choices and Let's not rush Far Isle into figuring out the next one because he's always finding really, really good stuff. I'm trying my best, scouring the scouring the planet. So exactly, interesting for you guys to see. So thank you so, for for participating, asking questions, and just being much. with us. It's a lot of fun, and it really brings a brings a lot. Uh, just you know, that one Thursday, you know, you're gonna have yeah. the podcast. So thank you very much. It's uh, it's a lot of fun, and uh, we'll see you next week. Thank you, everybody. See you next week. See you. Cool. See you next week. Bye.